Hey, it's Brian with Pop Culture Leftovers. Um, last week we had Dave on the podcast, Dave Griffin. Uh, he's domesticated Dave at our website. He's not going to be on this week, but uh, we had a listener shout out to him and say, since when did you get Macho Man Randy Savage on the podcast with you? And I thought that was pretty funny. It was Chris Williams who said that. So, Chris Williams, you're the inspiration this week for this week's intro. So, uh, thank you, sir. Nice and warm. She's welcome to sit on my computer. A million percent! Yeah, the Kings of Summer and uh, The World's End were probably the two best comedies I I enjoyed this summer. Ooh, yeah! The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah! Oh, yeah. Because I'm wild, yeah! Hey, I watch Glee. Don't don't worry about it. Ooh, yeah! Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Episode 30. Step into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I am the remaining leftover, but I do have some members of the Leftover Army joining us this week. Alil. Hello, everyone. And Steve. How's it going? All right. Um, so uh, let's talk about some uh, tragic news that happened this week. Um, guys, It was, wasn't it a couple days ago with the Paul Walker news yep two days ago get in the mic a little bit more steve have uh, yeah i was just saying yeah it was two days ago yeah it was a couple days ago so we learned that you know um at first i thought it was uh you know when i saw it that it was a car crash you know i read the story i th- thought that the, this was a hoax like this was not real because of you know his relationship in the uh, fast and furious movies and then to find out that it was confirmed uh you know and i guess it was uh Wow. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Uh, I'm here still. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm here too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Okay. Yeah. Just a lot of feedback. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, you know, you know, Paul Walker is no longer with us. Um, I guess it was a, it was a car wreck. Uh, they, I guess they said the, the Porsche was going too fast and hit a tree, lost control. Yeah. 
there's some there's some news going on now. I, I was reading up that uh, they said there might have been a malfunction with that um, with the vehicle. So I mean, they're they're still investigating that, and but but speed was a factor, right? I'm just, I'm just, you know, that was one of those things where I was hoping, like, that, you know, alcohol wasn't involved, drugs weren't involved, but I, I guess he was leaving a charity function, so, I mean. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a charity, uh, that he does, um, now I'm drawing a blank on the name, I believe it's, uh, One World, uh, I'll, I'll get it right in a second. But, That's okay. And he's been doing this for, uh, for several years, he actually, you know, went out to Haiti and, uh, you know, you know, this function was to raise money for um, the people out in the Philippines, um, you know, that were affected um, by this uh, this recent uh, event. Uh, I believe it happened a few weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's. And I'm with you. I thought it was a hoax. Actually, I believe um, that that this that there was a hoax a few days ago, and that's that's what's just getting me with the internet here. I mean, people are just. Trying to kill off these celebrities left and right. I mean, sure, we've seen Morgan Morgan Freeman and oh, yeah. you know, Jackie Chan. I mean, all these. You know, why, I don't I understand why these people are posting these kind of uh, you know false deaths on the internet. Just oh, I think it, it tracks it tracks people to their website and gets some more traffic. Probably, you know. So I probably part of it, but I mean, yeah. And then like uh, it was bizarre too because like we were talking like in a chat thread, me you. Uh, and, uh, Steve and Dave, and we were talking in a chat thread, and, like, you had mentioned that, like, Bravo was having a Fast and Furious marathon at the same time. And, I mean, so I flipped to Bravo, and I was like, holy crap, you know, they are. And that wasn't planned. That was part of their, that, that was part of their normal lineup. Yeah, it, it was, it was really, I, I, I creepy, I guess, cause, yeah, I, we're sitting there, we're chatting, the news comes up, I'm flipping through the channels with my wife, and all of a sudden I'm looking, and I'm like, Wow, that's just crazy! Fast and the Furious is on right now, and you know, the uh, the original, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was just it was just weird. So yeah, it's, it's always just it's just strange when you see somebody that you know. I mean, he was forty, yeah. but still, that's really young. I mean, just to be taken out like that, yeah. Uh, it's it just kind of puts everything into perspective, especially after a big holiday weekend like this when you're with your families and stuff. It's, it's very surreal. It makes you take a step back and take a look at stuff. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, because if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody, and that's that's what's scary. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 he was at that event with his with his daughter, and she was fifteen. And I guess there there were stories that you know they could hear the crash from from where they were at, and they were trying to kind of keep her sh- sheltered from from anything because nobody can confirm what happened. Right. Uh, just a, just a sad story. I mean, you know. I'm, I'm not saying that, that Paul Walker had the, the greatest movie career, but he was a movie star. He had, you know, uh, a lot of movies under his belt. And, you're, and, you know, how you said before, you know, you never hear about him in the news, you know, going crazy, doing this and that. Oh, yeah, he's not, know, he's not, prostitutes. yeah, he's not throwing, he's not going Alec Baldwin and yelling at his, you know, 15 year old daughter on the phone, calling her a pig. He's not. Um, you know, getting all Russell Crowe in hotels and throwing phones and shit at people. I mean, as far as we know, Paul Walker was uh, was a good dude, just a normal guy. Yeah, and, and he's been in the industry for for a long time. I mean, you know, I remember him and you know, in some some TV shows back when he was a lot younger. And then, of course, one of my favorite movies he 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 did is a you know is you know not not the star, but Varsity Blues, and then he got you know the. The, the Fast and the Furious franchise, and I mean, 
It's just it's just yeah. sad. What's the what's uh, the movie he was in with uh, you know Tobey Maguire? Everything was uh, Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Yeah, he he was made for that part in Pleasantville because (laughs) I mean he was just like uh, American Pie, your all American boy in that movie. In that movie, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think think that was his first first movie role. If I'm if I'm correct, I think it was Pleasantville. Yeah, that's I'm, it's one of the best movies that he's been in, in my opinion. So, Did either of you guys see uh, Running Scared? Yeah, dude, I own that movie. Man, that movie is awesome. It's not yeah. very, you know, nobody talks about that one, but man, that is a good flick. I thought it was a uh, reboot of the uh, um, Billy Crystal, uh, Gregory Hines, <laughs> Running Scared from the '80s. No, I'm kidding, but but uh, I, that's a, a, both movies, both yeah, Running stray, Scareds it, are good. It was, but they just they strayed just a little bit from the source material. Yeah, they they changed it everything. Reboot. They were supposed to start a TV show from it, you know. Really? Are you being serious? No, no, I was like, "What all. the fuck not are you talking about, dude?" Because <laughs> you say it like with a straight face. You're quite the salesman, Steve. Uh, I know, right? I, I, that's my new calling. I found it here on the show. You yeah, because you're definitely not a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Bazing. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. All right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Does anybody have a favorite Paul Walker movie? I think that's it for me, Running Scared. And yeah. I actually like Timeline. They just added that to Netflix recently, and that's, um, I don't know, it's just goofy fun. I like that. I got to agree with you. Running Scared, I, I bought that movie. I own it. I, I really enjoy that one. Yeah, R- Running Scared was really good, but I, I've got a, you know, I got a place in my heart for Varsity Blues. Yeah, and that's just uh, that's just a you know movie I remember seeing in the theater when it came out with uh, with all my friends and you know, and it was just you know, just just a, a great fun movie right. I mean, for the most part. So, um, and it, did it, who did some shopping on Black Friday? Anybody? I know you did a uh, little. Not me. I stayed in. But go I, ahead, Alil. You take this one away. <laughs> I shopped for almost twenty-four hours. Damn, dude. We did, we did have a break. Um, you know, people. You know, people are listening. Sales. You know, people listening right now, and they're like, "Dude, that guy's an idiot." Probably. Yeah. My, my friends tell me that. I mean, it's just me and my brother-in-law. We're the only idiots in our family that do this. It's one day a year, time. though. It's one day a year. It's not like you do this every day. Oh yeah, no, you know it's one day a year. It's one day and a year. I've got a lot of kids to shop for, and I. And I and the other thing too is I buy a lot of stuff that I donate for Toys for Tots. I mean, that's good for you. I man. go out there, and I, I have kids, I have nephews, I have other kids that we buy presents for. So I go out there, and I get a lot of these deals, and then on top of that, I'm buying doubles and triples of things that are really cool that I donate, and it's you know, I, you know, it's. It, it's just what I like to do, and I and I think you know by also by giving for toys for tots, I think it's a it's a great thing. I'm maximizing what I can give to these kids. So. That's true. That's awesome. Like I don't know, people like you tell them you black you go Black Friday shopping, and their reaction is like, oh, either like yeah, I like that, it's fun, or it's like oh, I would never do that. The crowds and blah 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 blah, and it's like, you know what? I had a great time standing in line and talking to people that I would have never met. You know, because it's a weird thing. You do form bonds with these people in the line because you're forced to be in line with people for hours sometimes. And yeah, you get and the, shit hits the fan, man. That guy next to you, man, you better have your back. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so. I've never seen I've never seen a fight while I've been out, but I used to work at Walmart when I was in high school and uh, a little after, and that's when I saw the fights when I was actually working. But I've never seen people like I, I hear these stories, and I'm just I'm just baffled by people just 
slugging each other out for, for whatever. Right. And, you know, I, I go out and yeah, there's things I want, but if I don't get them, I don't get them. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm not going to punch some guy in the face so I can get my $99 Kindle, you know? I know. It's like, okay, what's the season? The season it's Christmas. You know what I mean? And, 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 and we're, you're doing the shopping during the Thanksgiving season where you're supposed to be thankful and like Christmas is about giving. And, but like most people are just giving each other the finger. What the hell is, there's like this noise. What is going on over there? It's like, uh, it's like the big bad wolf huffing and puffing. What is going on? I don't know. That was not me. I didn't even move. I guess that was from my end, but I'm not sure what that sound That's was. crazy, dude. It's like, <laughs> it's the second time I've heard that. It's like, it's weird. But I, I do have a confession, though. I what's mean, that? Uh, last, in last week's episode, when you heard the, the whittling of the wood. Yeah, what was I, that? I realized that was me writing a note to myself. That's how, that's how good your mic is. It picks up you writing. Yeah, it actually, um, I was, I was messing around recording things. I can actually pick up my kids from upstairs with the door closed if I turned it up loud enough. Wow. Oh, yeah, that was me writing. I couldn't believe it. That's why I stopped and I'm like, that couldn't, that's why I didn't answer because I didn't think it could be me. Right. And then I was doing it again. Now I'm, you know, I'm, you know, just messing around. I'm like, holy cow, that was me picking that up. You need to keep all utensils, uh, like writing utensils away from you during the podcast. It's distracting. I think the thing I took away from that was that Dave's a liar because he said he was the one that was whittling, and I was interested in what that was. No, he he was he was masturbating, so that's completely (laughs) different. Ah, well, I guess you would know. Yeah, I know. I just like to create awkward moments on the podcast. I like to say things like people are like, "Why? Why did he say that?" I don't know how to react to that. That's what I'm like, like, why am I listening to this? This is so bizarre. I know, I know. Uh, but you know, I hey, I, I had, to, I got some good deals. I didn't buy a ton of stuff this year, but um, I did go to, I did go to Best Buy. I got Arrow season one, seventeen bucks on Blu-ray. I'm happy. I'm very happy about that one. And I got for three ninety nine. I got a bunch of three ninety nine Blu-rays. I got Chronicle, uh, Drive, Kick Ass, Twenty One Jump Street, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then. Uh, I got Rise of the Planet of the Apes for eight bucks on Blu-ray, so I'm happy. That's not that's not a bad Blu-ray haul. No, I mean, I, it's not bad. Not bad. The only one that I'm not going to admit that I bought, but I'm going to tell everybody out there, was I bought my wife Magic Mike on Blu-ray for seven bucks. Oh, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can, but I got no. I, I got uh, yeah, I got I got um, uh, I got uh, World War Z. Mm-hmm. I picked up for seven bucks on uh, Blu-ray. I um, I, I, already, I, I did not like that movie. Well, you know, it, it's just it just goes in. I, I'm going to watch it multiple times just because that's that's what I do. And really? um, you didn't like World War Z? No, dude, I hated it. Huh. Did not like it, man. Because it I was liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay, yeah. what well, it was weird. Yeah, I think be- my expectations were so low on it because of all the reshoots and all the yeah. press it was getting. I think my expectations were so low. That because it actually functioned as a movie, mm-hmm. I I actually enjoyed it. It was just so was weird because like at the beginning of the movie, they're like all fast and running around, like they're you know like like they were in a five k, dude. They were just like sprinting and running around, and then like in the last scene in the movie when they're in that building, they're all like slow and lumbering, and it didn't make sense. I was like, am I watching two different zombie movies? Well, they get tired after a while. Fuck, I've been I, running so long. I guess. It was just really bizarre. <laughs> there were some things that just didn't add up in that movie. But 
Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it again. I, sometimes on Pond's second viewing, I can appreciate them a little bit more, but I don't know. I like all the tense moments. You know, there was a, a moment in the plane that was really tense, and I don't know. I just I like that feeling of tension that, that you get when you're watching some of the scenes on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it just, I don't know. It just, I don't know. Maybe I think The Walking Dead, and this, we are going to have a Walking Dead mid-season uh, discussion later on in the podcast. But I think The Walking Dead has kind of ruined it for me when it comes to zombie movies. Like, I can't go back and watch some of the old zombie stuff without thinking, like, uh, that's not like, that's not like the Kirkman zombies. I guess, I guess I have a problem with that now. Yeah, we'll talk more about the the Kirkman zombies when we get to that section. But there's yeah. some, definitely some stuff to talk about them. And yes, they're very different right. from the zombies in World War Z. Yeah. Um, I I'm going to. We had a contest, and we still have a contest going on. I'm going to postpone the contest for this week. I know I promised that we were going to do the contest winner this week for the uh, catchphrase, but I'm going to postpone the contest um, until we had a lot going on with like new hosts and, and things like that. I haven't had a time. I haven't had a lot of time to, um, figure out who the winner is. So I need another week. So I'm going to postpone it until episode 31. I do apologize for that. I'm going to talk to Jake and me and Jake between me and Jake, we're going to figure out who the winner is, um, of that contest. So I do apologize, but you're going to have to unfortunately wait until winter, uh, episode 31 to find out who the winner of the contest is. Um, but until then, you know, uh, you know, check out Sean Hamilton's website, uh, creating studios.com and, uh, check out some of his art there. Um, but one winner of this contest is going to get a free print from Sean Hamilton. So, um, you know, we're going to go over the winner next week for that. Uh, I posed on Facebook the question, uh, you know, if people are interested in getting into comics and new to the comic, did somebody just pass out? Hello? Uh, not me. We're both here. Okay. I just like, it, does somebody have like their, uh, their furnace on? I have a, yeah, I have a, a little space heater. Is, okay, cause like, I, it's like, okay, I don't know, I just hear a lot of weird, <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep bringing it up, but <laughs> it sounded like somebody like passed out on the table, I'll, like, I'll may- turn off my space heater, Brian, but if, but if it gets too cold, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm not like you, I have kids, I gotta do this shit in the garage. Oh, is that you're doing this in the garage? I have to. <laughs> I didn't know if you were like narcoleptic and like passed out on the table or I mean, something. There, there's a time difference. It's not that late over here. It's only six o'clock right now. I got the pitter patter of little feet behind me if I go inside. Yeah. Now, now, everybody thinks I'm an asshole dad because I'm out here <laughs> hanging out with you guys. So it's been fun with my kids. Uh, yeah, they do. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, I'm starting to feel that way myself there, Steve. So Got to go, guys. Got to go. <laughs> no, no dad of the year mug for you. Um, but I posed the question on Facebook before Steve passed out on us um, that if, if you're interested in getting into comic books but you just don't know where to start, that I might have a podcast, like just a bonus episode one week where we kind of talk about, you know, where you should jump in on comics and like, you know, what titles are going to come out to like maybe, uh, I don't know, help you get into comic books. If, if it's something that you've been thinking about, you know, I want to collect them. I want to get into them. You know, I've watched, I watched the superhero movies and I watched the walking dead and I like this stuff. Maybe I'll like the source material. Well, I want to come out with a podcast, maybe just like a 30 minute, 45 minute podcast and talking about some of the new books that are coming out that you can jump into and not feel so overwhelmed because 
it is sometimes a little daunting when you go to the comic book store and the guy at the, behind the counter is maybe not helpful and and uh, you look at the number on the comic book and they're like on number 60 or something or in some cases they're on like number 200 and something and you just don't know where to start. Uh, I'm going to have a podcast here within the next few weeks where I will help you and guide you uh, into the world of comic books Um and I think it'll be helpful. And uh, Steve, Alil, you guys are welcome to join me. Uh, I know you guys aren't, uh, you know, dedicated readers right now, but maybe as you know, people that aren't reading the books right now, maybe you can have some questions you can pose to me, and I can help answer them. Um, but I think this would be really good for some of our listeners that are seriously thinking about getting back into comic book reading. And so it's something that I'd, I'd want to do for you. And so it's, I don't want to feel like everybody has to listen to it. If it's something that you're not thinking about, don't listen to the podcast then. But if it is something that you're thinking about, like, you know. That is not me. It's not. I'm. Why is everyone stopping? I'm still here. Do you, you guys don't hear that? I heard that. It sounded like somebody was rubbing like their microphone or their pants or something. You know. <laughs> I got my shit with my hands in my <laughs> Alil, are, are you taking notes again by any chance? No, I am not. I, believe me, I'm all digital right now. All I've got is my iPad out. I'm not even touching it. Alil's got his, like, he's handcuffed. He's like... <laughs> I'm like I'm not writing. Your hands are behind you. They're show. they're tied together. You're not doing a thing. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna do a. It's. I think I'm gonna do. It's. I think I'm gonna call it like you know pop culture leftovers, comics insider, something like that. And we'll do that podcast within the next few weeks. And you guys are welcome to join if you want to. Um, but uh, yeah, no, and I think it's a great idea. I mean, today I was at the comic book shop and I, I was overwhelmed. You sound overwhelmed. Did you? Are you hearing an echo? Yeah, I did for a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there either. But yeah, I was I was a bit overwhelmed at the, at the comic book shop, and like you said, like the guy was yeah. just sitting behind the counter doing nothing. Right. So I'm just yeah, you know, I just picked up a few issues. I picked up a couple of new Superior Spider Man and a couple of new Batman. And yeah. I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna read these and you know see what else I want to dive into. But yeah. no, uh, and I, I think that, I think that'd be a great show for, yeah. for the listeners. I think a lot of people think like that. Like they go into a comic book store and they're like looking around, and they don't know what to pick up. They they see all these titles on the shelves because, like, let's say you went to a comic book shop and they had five titles on the rack. That would make it very simple. But like when you have so many choices, it makes it overwhelming and it intimidates you, and then you just walk out with nothing. Yep. And I think that happens a lot. And um, I think comic book shop owners, not all the time, some of them do a great job with their customers, but some of them don't. And that's what I want to. I want to do. I want to help people out so that they can get back into the, the into collecting. Um, you'll thank me, but your wallet won't. Trust me. Trust me. My wallet has been yelling at me ever since I started collecting these again. So. Um, I, throughout the show, we may rate different things, and if this is your first time listening, uh, or your name is Steve, you might not know how our rating system works. Oh, I'm taking notes. You'll hear some scratching sounds. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing this shit down this time. Let me play our rating system real quick. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. 
Okay, so yeah, last week when I asked Steve to rate something, I forget what it was, but the, I, I, you know, I was expecting Steve to say, you know, toss it, taste it, or Tupperware, and Steve busts out. And you can out. just go back to last week, and you can hear all how that all went down. You can hear <laughs> all how it went down, but Steve like busted out like a star rating. Oh god, I, yeah, dude, so horrible, dude. That seriously, that's like. Uh, that's like you're that's talking. Blasphemy. Well, it's like that's talking blasphemy. to the McDonald's CEO and saying, "Dude, I love your Whopper sandwich. It's the fucking shit." Yeah. It's like it's like the Coke truck driver drinking a Pepsi. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Oh, uh, I know. I don't know what to say, man. I uh, I was caught in the moment. I was so starstruck, Brian. <laughs> you're just, uh... Starstruck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if anybody is starstruck by me, they have serious problems, and you need to consult a physician seriously. Um, but we're going to go through our good pop, bad pop segment. Um, and uh, good pop, bad pop, we go over what we liked and what we didn't like this week. Um, I have a few things. I know you guys have a couple things maybe. Uh, we're going to go through our good pop, bad pop segment. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Bad Pop! Last week we ran really long on Good Pop, Bad Pop. We're going to kind of like shorten it down this week. I've got a few things that I want to go over and I'll let you guys finish off with yours. Last week we talked about Bat Kid and uh, how 120,000 people turned San Francisco into Gotham for one day so that a five-year-old could live out his dream and be a superhero. And, uh, I mean, the more I kept re- reading about this and listening to these stories, like, the more it just touched me. And so, um, more good news this week. Uh, Jamie Alexander, who plays Lady Sif in the Thor films, she visited the children's hospital in Los Angeles dressed in her Asgardian armor. And then, um, she took pictures with the patients and staff and then even let some of the kids hold her weapons. Um, she then, uh, gave out, uh, signed Thor posters and DVDs. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that these, uh, these people in the industry and that are, uh, you know, playing these beloved comic book characters are being more proactive and doing things like this for, you know, people that are in the hospital or, or just people that are less fortunate, you know, um, I think it's wonderful. Um, and so somebody like Jamie Alexander doing that, you know, I mean, I'm sure she has so many things on her plate, you know, with the, with the movie and, and things like that just coming out, but for her to take time out of her schedule and go there and do this for these kids, I just thought was fantastic. So uh, that's good pop right there. I loved it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I read that article as well, and I mean, uh, and I'm 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 happy to see more more of these people doing this. I mean, I know Christian Bale has done it. Has Batman gone out? Uh, Johnny Depp. I read an article that he always carries his Captain Jack Sparrow uh, costume with him everywhere he goes. Uh, and I, I just think that that's terrific. I mean, it, it brightens people's days when you know they they really need it. Yeah. Like, hey, on a side note to that, did yeah. you see that uh, that uh, when when uh, Robert Downey Jr. went to meet that kid, they wanted to meet Iron Man, and uh, he showed up, and the kid was just pissed that it was Tony Stark and not Iron Man. Oh, really? <laughs> he was like crushed. He was sitting in his little power wheel, just bawling his eyes out, and it was like a photo op and Robert Downey Jr. was just looking like he just wanted to be anywhere but there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, actually, what happened was he was actually filming a, a, a scene for a movie that he was doing in that town or in that, in that neighborhood, and the mom told the kid that they're going to go meet Iron Man, and like they went up to him, 
and and that's why he freaked out because he, he thought that he was going to be there in a suit, but he was there filming, and I, I thought that was hilarious when I <laughs> when I read that article. That's funny. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Like anybody else would just be like thrilled to meet like you know Robert Downey Jr. So no, that's. <laughs> But uh, yeah, kids. Kids are all about. They don't care about who, the actor. They care about Iron Man. They care yeah, about. Yeah, they want to see that suit. Yeah, they care about Batman. They care about Lady Sif. You know, so um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know. Oh, I don't know. I've I've, I've I've never told this on the podcast before. But like uh, a couple years ago, I actually got to meet the real Patch Adams. Um, you guys have seen. You guys have seen. Patch Adams so, with so Ro- not Robin Williams. Not Robin Williams. I got to meet the oh. actual Patch Adams. Like um, he looks nothing like Robin Williams. He's like he's like <laughs> really tall. He's really tall. Um, he's got like long hair, and he had like a blue streak through his hair. So, um, but uh, he is definitely a different individual. Very eccentric. Very eccentric, and uh, very funny. Like when he when he talks, like you just listen. You know, everybody, when he was talking, I was just in awe. He, uh, he went to the bank that I worked at and, and, um, he was, uh, I think he had, he had like a business partner or something like that in the area. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, doing some business there. It was just really bizarre, uh, to see him in person. But yeah, he was, he, he looked nothing like Robin Williams, but you know, he's been helping kids forever. And I just think that's a great thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's nothing better, I think, that these actors or anybody can do than, than help these kids who've, who've gone through things we can't even imagine. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be five years old and, and uh, you know, fighting, you know, leukemia and things like that, I, I can't even imagine. Um, well, at that age, it's, it's kind of hard to separate the actor from the character, you know, so when they see someone like Jamie Alexander show up in the Lady Sif outfit, they think it's the chick from the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that I mean, that puts them into a whole new realm of existence. You know, where where they actually, you know, for a minute can believe that that that's real stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's also well. Even cool. as adults, man, it's like we like we idolize some of these people, and like what what happens a lot is you hear these horror stories about people like meeting their idols and like these people being complete assholes like Bruce Willis. Like, you know, like I've heard some horrible stories about people meeting Bruce Willis and him just being a complete dick. And it's like, you know, it's like when you meet him, it's like you want to have like this, you know, everybody wants to have their special moment with like their hero and like to meet somebody like this and just have them, you know, kind of like crap on like all of the years that you've been a big fan. That's gotta be hurtful. You know, I think even as adults, we have some of like this, like, uh, hero, oh. hero worship. You know what I mean? And, and, have uh, you, have you ever met, uh, an asshole celebrity, like in real life? I'm trying to. I have. Have you? I have yeah. too. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say the person's name, but he was an athlete. And, uh, oh, you can't say their name? Oh, okay. You want me to? I don't, I, I don't care. Dude, it I was, don't give a it shit. Gale, it was Gail Sayers. Uh, I don't know if you guys know running. Oh, back I know who Gail Sayers is. Yeah. And he's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when Derrick Rose got injured, that was like he went to speak with Derrick Rose, and wow, yeah, Gale I mean, he's had a Hall of Fame career and everything. I mean, and the movie they, a, that movie is based on him, right? Yeah, Brian Brian's song, song. Yeah, yeah with and, James Con, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, Billy D. Williams, yeah. Him. 
and he was he was at this charity event. They were raising money for uh, uh, for NFL players, you know, from from that era who you know don't have insurance, and you're hearing all these horror stories about them, right? So you know, we got tickets for him. You know, we got these autograph tickets and everything. And I went up to him and you know just even wanted to shake his hand and just say, "Hey, it was a great meeting." He just didn't even want to look up, just signed his name on on the helmet and just like you know moved on. And it was just like you know you don't you don't get three seconds with him. And I just you know it was just like I just you know was trying to say something nice just because you know I I never got to watch him play, but I've seen the highlights. He's a bear. Yeah. You know I'm I'm not that old, but I mean he, I thought it was just you know just cool and. You know, thought they were doing something for a good cause, and he just seemed that he didn't even want to be there. Wow. And uh, it's it kind of, you know, I don't know, just gave me a bad taste in my mouth with that. And, you know, there's there's others that, I, that I've met that, you know, have been great, you know, I mean, terrific people that I was just smiling the whole time. I mean, Stan Lee is the biggest one. I mean, I, I just met yeah. him this summer, and the man couldn't stop smiling. I mean, there was thousands of people in line waiting to take a, take a picture with him and shake his hand, and he's just smiling and just waving and making jokes and you know, he gets it, you know, so, but there are a lot of people out there that don't. Like you said with Bruce Willis, I've heard those stories as well. I mean, I've heard, you know, there's lots of actors like that. So. Sure. So, you know what? Hey, if uh, any of our listeners ever get to meet me, I swear I won't be a dick. <laughs> like, I'll probably give you a hug. Anybody who actually takes the time to listen <laughs> to this podcast and enjoys it, I'll probably, it would blow me away just to meet you and talk to you. So, uh, yeah, don't ever worry about that for me. Before you move on, I just wanted to say I have a, I have a small little short story. Uh, he might be a good man in real life, and he might have a lot of friends and whatever. But when I met him, Bob Saget was an asshole. I mean, just straight up. I worked at a tourist attraction in Palm Springs, uh-huh. um, and at a you have to walk through a certain door. It's a tramway to go up, up up a mountain, and you had to walk through this certain hallway to get to the loading area. Well, as you walk through, I was one of the guys that had to ask you to step over here and take your picture. That was my job. That was it. Well, he's coming through the line. He gets right up to me. I ask if he wants to take his picture before realizing who it actually is. And he looks at me and he goes, does it look like I want my fucking picture taken? And he just walks right past. What an asshole. That's all. Wow. <laughs> Wow. He's not Danny Tanner anymore. <laughs> no, what an asshole with his little short khaki shorts, you know? God. He he did, like, the full house just for a paycheck, though. You know what I mean? Anyways, I thought that was a funny story. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Bob Saget, uh, How I Met Your Mother, I'm going to talk about Bad Pop. He's the voice of Ted as he gets older. So apparently when you get older, you sound like Bob Saget, which is weird. I always yeah. thought that was weird. I agree because Ted's already in his thirties. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, not. It how made, does this voice change? right? It made sense, like in the Wonder Years when Fred Savage was uh, what Daniel Stern. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. That made sense because, like, who know he could you know he's going to be an adult and his voice will change, you know. But like, uh, yeah, Ted apparently when he gets older turns into Bob Saget. That's just the weirdest freaking thing. But Bad Pop this week, I watch, I tried to watch How I Met Your Mother because I've been watching. Um, all through the previous eight seasons. I've watched it. And I think the only reason I'm still watching the show is because it's the last season. Like, I feel like I've invested so much time in this thing. I just want to see how they meet. And so that's the only reason I'm still watching this thing. But I tried to watch last week's episode. And the whole episode was a nursery rhyme. Because Marshall's son, the only way he can sleep is when... He hears a nursery rhyme. So they thought it would be really funny to have the entire episode rhyme like a nursery rhyme. 
they think they can do anything on this show and people will watch. That's what it's turned into. This show jumped the shark a long time ago, and now they're doing a Mother Goose nursery rhymes throughout the entire show. It was a joke. I got five minutes in. I'm like, I'm out. This is bullshit. I'll watch next episode, but I deleted that off my DVR. It's bullshit. I will not watch it, and I refuse to watch it. It was just insulting. Yeah, I've never really seen any How I Met Your Mother. It's just not – it's one of the shows that's just not for me. It's not my not my cup of tea. It was really charming like the first five seasons and then they went off on like this – I don't know. Season six and seven were just like out there. They kind of finally pulled it back to its original you know, charming roots in season eight and season nine has just been yeah, – it's, I don't know, hit and miss. But this last episode was just toss it. Just toss it 100%. Well, this whole season's been filler. I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I just knew this was going to happen when I heard at the end of last season that they were going to continue for one last season. Yeah. I thought they were going to end it last year when they should have. They should have just ended it. I think they wanted to. Um, yeah, I think they, I think they were prepared to. Right. Um, but then they got the the extension for one more season. So basically, this entire season is is like two days before the wedding or whatever, a couple days yeah. leading up to the to the wedding. Right. And it's just, you know, you get an hour or whatever. Uh, that's why they have to, you know, throw in episodes like this, you know, with the nursery rhyme. I mean, it, to me, it reminded me of that episode where they, it was like the musical episode, but that was done so much better. Oh, absolutely. Than the nursery rhyme episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, this... This season has been very disappointing, and, and I, I was hoping that they would go out with a bang and, and, and do some things because there's there's nothing for them to worry about. But it just seems to be a lot of uh, just a lot of you know basic gags, and it doesn't really seem that the cast is even really that into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much everybody in the cast, except for I don't know what her name is, Lily, pretty much has something else going on with their career that they can really jump into once this is over. I mean. You know, Jason Siegel is a big actor now. You know, Ted uh, Mosby, whatever his real name is, he, like, does a lot of these indie movies and, you know, directing and producing or whatever. Um, you know, of course, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is always going to have work, you know. But, I mean, I don't know. This show – and then Colby Smolder, she's she's acting in The the Shield and, and, you know, Avengers and stuff like that. She doesn't really need it. Yeah, this, this season's just unwanted by me. They should have ended it last season like you said. Yeah, um, I also watched. It's going to be on uh, Comedy Central uh, tonight. It's a new Adult Swim show. I think it comes on at nine thirty Central, ten ten thirty Eastern. Uh, Rick and Morty, um, and they showed the first pilot episode online uh, before it hit tonight. And uh, did you guys get a chance to watch this? I watched half of it. I, I just I didn't have time. I was watching it on my phone. I was dying. I was laughing hysterically. I, I think it. I think it's got potential. Yeah, it, um, it's, it's called Rick and Morty, and uh, I don't know how to really explain it. You've got two characters, Rick and Morty, and um, you know, one's an older character and one's a younger character, and I, it's kind of like um, the two characters look like Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. And yeah, exactly what it is. It's, it's Doc and Marty, yeah, it's but they're like, related, and it's just, right. it's just crazy. But it's it is. It's like Doc and Marty meet Doctor Who meets South Park meets LSD. It's mm. fucking crazy. But I loved every minute of it. I really enjoyed it. Steve, did you get a chance to see it? 
No, you sent me the link, but I didn't get a chance to check it out. But from hearing you describe it, now I'm intrigued. I want to check that out for you, sure. Yeah, you definitely want to check this out, dude. It's it's pretty funny. Um, I just thought it was cool that they launched the pilot episode on AdultSwim.com before it ever came out. And because uh, it is, it's playing tonight as we're recording this, the first episode, the pilot. But man, I, I thought it was really funny. It was a strong pilot uh, for a cartoon, and I really enjoyed it. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to anything that happens in the show. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. So definitely check it out. Uh, they just go on adventures and into different dimensions and different, like, what, they ended up on this planet called Planet 35Z or something like that. And it just looked like something out of, like, Dr. Seuss. And, uh, next thing you know, they're being chased by a monster. And, like, the whole time, uh, uh, Rick is like drinking and it's, he's a horrible influence on Morty. It's just a bizarre cartoon. You got to check it out. Yeah. I think it's, it was, it's, it's created by uh, Dan Harmon. If you guys like community. Yeah. From community. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's got kind of that similar kind of tone. Um, you know, where, you know, it's more, um, kind of, kind of what we're, what we're talking about here, pop culture, you know, they, I think that's why they brought in the kind of that that Back to the Future feel with them going through and doing all this kind of weird stuff and this chaos and and it's got some voices you've heard of. Uh, I think uh, Chris Parnell is one of the voices. Uh, Sarah Chalk, um, who was in Scrubs, um, she's in, she's one of the voices. Um, yeah, so I mean, I I, I think uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I thought this this was pretty hilarious for, uh, and yeah. I, I do like that they put the the pilot episode out so you can view it online. Uh, and uh, especially commercial free. Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the pilot episode a Tupperware. I actually watched it twice. It was that funny. Um, so I'm gonna give it a Tupperware, and hopefully the series will continue to be good. Um, but uh, the, the next thing I wanted to talk about, I went to the theater uh, a couple days ago, and uh, I watched Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey. And uh, uh, this isn't one of those Oscar movies, you know, um, and. Uh, this movie was fantastic. I'm, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much at all. I'm not going to get too in depth. I just want you, if it is in your area, tech, check it out. It's it is fantastic. Um, Jared Leto is in this movie, and and both both actors in this movie uh, went through um, drastic transformations. You know, you've seen uh, Christian Bale in The Machinist, where he lost all the weight. Um, it's not that extreme uh, for Matthew McConaughey. He lost a lot of weight, but Jared Leto, like he looked. Like there was nothing to him, and uh, man. yeah, I've seen set pictures and stuff from that. I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen yeah. like, all that. Yeah, and it, there was some definite body work happening there. Yeah, well, Jared Leto, he did the one movie. I forget what it's called. Uh, Chapter something. It's about uh, the the guy who killed John Lennon, who shot John Lennon. He did a movie where he played that guy, and he gained a bunch of weight, like. Um, a ton of weight, actually. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he, he has put his body through drastic changes. You know, for the for for uh, these uh, uh, for these acting gigs, it's it's pretty crazy. But he he's such he's so talented. I think uh, in this film, he uh, he plays a uh, transvestite in the movie, and uh, man, it, I'm telling you, this movie it, it tugs at your heartstrings. It, it makes you think about uh, you know. Um, uh, a lot of the problems uh, that that people had to go through and that are still going through with you know getting the right medicine and trusting our government to provide us with the the right medicine to take care of us and and um, I mean it's 
it deals with Matthew McConaughey's character who who gets the AIDS, who gets HIV, and then and then gets AIDS, and they they give him they give him thirty days to live, um, and uh, he starts taking AZT, which um, at, a, at higher dosages, which was they find out was very toxic and was killing everything in his body that was trying to fight you know, uh, viruses and, uh, you know, uh, harmful viruses and things like that, which were making these people die a lot faster. And, um, so he was going out of the country and buying drugs from other countries like Mexico that, uh, that weren't FDA approved here in the United States, but were actually getting good results in other countries. And he, he then started selling them to people. Uh, but he would sell a membership you buy the membership. You're not buying drugs. You're buying a membership. And with the membership, you get all your drugs for free. And so that's why they called it the Dallas Buyers Club. It's kind of like um, – it's a little bit like Blow, but uh, it's based on a true story, and it's fantastic. I give it a Tupperware all the way. Um, just just fantastic acting from beginning to end. So if it's in your theater, check it out. It sounds like one of those Oscar – Oscar bait movies, you know. It is. It's going to be. I think this season. I think we're going to be looking at uh, Twelve Years a Slave versus uh, Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> I, I honestly do. I think it's going to come down to those two movies, and I think I've seen both of them. Um, but uh, I think that's what we're going to be looking at. They're both both amazing movies. Um, and final thing that I wanted to talk about before I let you guys talk is Almost Human. I'm still watching it. I don't know if you guys watched episode three, but this show is still kicking ass. Um, the last episode, they showed uh, Carl Urban, who plays you know Detective Kennex. He wakes up, and then he, he sleeps without that. He's, you know, he, he lost his leg, and he's got that android prosthetic. They showed him waking up, and he sleeps without the leg on. So he wakes up, and he's got no leg. And the leg is actually, it's kind of like on like a docking station all night, like charging and, and things like that. It's pretty crazy. And then he puts it on. It's, it's really cool. I love the tech in this show. But we remembered in the previous episode, Dorian said to rub olive oil on it. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yep. He said to rub olive oil on it and it'll feel better. So when Dorian and him are out driving around on their way, uh, you know, to the station, um, Dorian points out that he didn't thank that Kennex didn't thank him for the olive oil tip because of course Dorian being an android can smell it on him and Kennex like looks at him and says something like I, I ate a Greek salad this morning. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was la- I was laughing at that scene. Yeah, very I, I'm, funny. I'm with you. I I, I want to retract my uh, my review last week and I want to give this a Tupperware. Instead of a taste, and I, after this third episode, I was just yeah. like, "There's no way this show can go downhill." No, it is so, so much, good, so much fun. Did the villain this week? Did he kind of remind you of like Michael Rooker, like like a poor man's Michael Rooker in a way? Yes. Oh my god, I, it's funny because I'm I'm watching him and, and I'm watching it and I'm pointing things out to my wife and I'm just like. I'm like this guy reminds me of someone I can't. I yeah, can't put my finger on. you are right. It is a poor man's Michael Rooker. Totally, I dude. Mean, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think that uh, that the show is great, and uh, you know, and again, this is another one. I mean, this is we're three episodes in. Yeah, two two villain of the weeks kind of kind of thing, but it just seems like 
it's it's building and that chemistry is working that I don't care. But that's the like way I, they set it up. That's the way they set it up. They told us that there's these different crime syndicates throughout the city that are getting a hold of this technology. So they laid it out for us. They told us this is what the yep. show's going to be. I mean, so th- we've got to kind of expect that every week. Okay? But there is that underlying um like they didn't even bring it up this week his uh, ex-girlfriend that we haven't seen come back into the picture. They didn't even bring her up this week. They left that off to the side. But like they kind of let us know like when this show first started like you know these different crime syndicates are getting a hold of this technology and using it. And uh, th- that's what they're delivering right now. And it- it's working. And until it stops working, stay with the same formula because it's it's funny action scenes, funny action scenes, touching moment. You know what I mean? It's It's got a really good blend. It really does feel like a J.J. Abrams show. But, you know, I know that he's not I – don't, I don't think he's that involved. I think it's mostly J.H. Wyman. But it does have a J.J. Abrams feel. Do you get me? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's definitely got his money. I mean, it's got his money in the show, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. if anybody was a fan of Fringe or anything, I thought Fringe was uh, a really good show, at least, especially in the first uh, first several seasons. But it, but you could tell just, just by watching that show and this show, you know, the technology they use, the special effects that they use, all that, yeah, that's all that you can tell that that's his, that's his finger on that, on, uh, on that, um, on that script, I mean, I, he's got to have some involvement because it, it does feel in that same kind of like universe with all those, all, all what he's done, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I'm yeah. Everybody out there, if you're listening, if you have not watched this, catch it, catch up on Fox.com or the Fox app. This show is great. Yeah, definitely get the Fox app. If you have a tablet or if you, even if you just have like an iPhone or an Android, there's a Fox app, and you can go back and watch these episodes uh there are only three episodes in i think the fourth episode is tonight so jump in on this now from the ground floor because i'm not kidding you you'll thank me and uh, i think dorian will be one of your favorite androids he's i mean i think i don't know i mean i think bishop is number one number two is david from prometheus and i think number three is uh dorian but dorian is slowly moving up the ranks yeah, yeah I, I didn't get a chance to watch the newest episode, and um, I think it's mainly just because, I, like I told you, I have to spread my time pretty thin. Uh, I, have, I have a lot of stuff i got to try to get into a small amount of time. And I don't know, guys, I'm going to be like the voice of discontent here. I just, I'm not the craziest fan of, of the show. And um, it's, I've got a DVR, it's recorded, I might go back to it, but for right now... It's just it's just something else for me. Watch watch this. Okay, uh, watch this third episode. If you still feel that way, then you know that's that's fine. But you know you gave it a shot. But I think after you watch this third episode, hopefully you'll like it a little bit more. I I, I think I appreciated this third episode more than I did the first two. Actually, do, do you agree with me a little? Yeah, you know I think in this third episode you saw, and I, and I know your problem, Steve, was was how quickly they they bonded. But in this third episode, they they did have a little bit of that back and forth. You know, you saw them kind of kind of ribbing each other. Um, you know, not like a like a hatred thing. You know, not like how when he threw out that first android in the first episode out of the car. But I think they they understand each other, and I think that's why they're able to do this. And I think that's what that's what this episode for me continued to develop because you saw, you know, especially that scene where where you know he's he's you know helping. And I don't want to give too much away, but he's he's helping uh, repair. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
repair them, and, and he puts, you know, he's go ahead he's, and say he's it. Fixing them with a piece of gum. <laughs> okay, mean, yeah, he sticks a piece of gum <laughs> that he that he found underneath a table. Uh, it wasn't even his own piece of gum. He stuck it in his mouth to, to to you know fix them. And I thought that that was that was a great scene. But it was just like you same, know, he, he didn't know yeah. what to do. Yeah, he had to do something. And then Dorian looks at him. and He's like, "How does it look?" And he's just like, "It, it looks fine." You know, it's just, it's. It's funny. It's kind of like that yeah. scene in Tommy Boy when he's like, you know, after he gets hit in the face with that, you know, that two by four, and he's like, "Do I have a mark here?" You know, it's kind of like you, know, you get that little bit of a comedy in in a pretty intense situation because they were in the middle of a, you know, and it, it you know, uh, like they were in the middle of a fight at one point. That's why Dorian got injured, and then they still have their mission to complete, and, and that's what I like. I like the, you know, I don't want you know just stupid gags. But when you get that kind of, you right. know, it's just like somebody that you would be close to or you that would develop that kind of relationship where you can make the kind of comment. And I, I, I really liked it. I mean, I, I'm telling you, Steve, at least give it episode three. If you come back, if you come back next podcast and, and say, you know what, you watched episode three and you still don't get it. That's fine. That's, but I think yeah, you got to give it yeah. just one episode. One more I'll, episode. I'll check, I'll check out the next episode. But I mean, as of, as of right now, I mean, I'd much rather watch Tommy Boy because that shit was funny. That shit was really funny. <laughs> wow. Well, you gotta watch episode three. I just I guess I, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know what to say, guys. I don't know. I don't but, think but listen, like a little deserved yet. I don't I don't get it. It's just not I don't know. I don't get it. The production value alone is amazing, okay? Yeah, it looks good. It does look good. There's a lot of really flashy, cool stuff, but I mean Glee looks good and I don't like that show either. So I've, never given, I've, I've never you can't given I've never given those. I mean this is yeah. not I mean it's not total recall that it looks good and it's a hollow movie. I mean, that's, that's the difference. I think, I, I, I think this, this, this show is, it's got heart. It with, it's got heart. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think I'll, I'll check out the third episode. I mean, I don't know. I just see I, what for right now. It's just not, it's just not jiving with me, but it, I might be wrong. You know, uh, like I said, breaking bad is one of my favorite things ever. And it took me about three or four episodes to get into that one too. So, yeah, just don't jump off. Don't jump off of this one too soon, man. Give it one more episode. Give it episode three. Come back next week. Let us know what you think. Yeah, like I said, I got a DVR and I'll check it out. Right on, right on. Let's talk to episode four after we see episode four tonight or tomorrow, and we'll we'll be raving about it again. No, wouldn't it be funny though if like we came back episode four and like Steve's like, dude, yeah, episode three was so awesome, and me or you're like, dude, yeah, wait till you get to episode four. It fucking sucked. Canceled now. It's over. No. <laughs> you know, it's like I didn't know because, like, I don't know. Did you guys watch Friday Night Lights? Yes. I, I mean, I like, did. man, it's like I, Minka Kelly. I liked her in that show, but I hated her character. She was such a bitch. So, I, I, I like her in this so far. For I think she's just going to be the love interest for Kenix because you can kind of tell there's some chemistry between the two. But uh, she hasn't really done much this on this show. Honestly. I was going to say, she's so background. I mean, she's probably yeah. four or five people deep at this point. Because, yeah, uh, I'm trying, I can't remember the the tech guy that kind of uh, you know that fixes oh, everybody. He's the he's the he's, dude from uh, he was on the original the BBC's version of The Office. He played a character on the the BBC version before the US version even hit, and he also plays one of the uh, the dead pirates in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. He was the guy with the wonky eyeball that kept falling out. Oh, you know, I knew I remembered him from somewhere. I didn't yeah. want to IMDb it. I just wanted to. Oh, so that yeah, he's the one. He's been in all 
all four movies, right? All yeah. Three. Yeah. Four. Four. Maybe four. four. Five coming yeah. out next year. I, no, I think they're pushing oh, they five it. to 2016, right? Yeah, they pushed yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are, let, we, are, we, are, we, are we collectively uh, done with those movies yet? Or Oh, man. I know. Dude, I loved – I, I got to admit, I loved the first two. I think the third one they threw way too much in there. It was just too busy for me. And then the fourth one was so forgettable. I, you know, I don't know. It See, looked, I don't it know looked pretty. I, I agree with you. I, I left the theater the fourth one like, you know what, this is not that great. Right. But then I compare it to everything that, that's come out recently or like mm-hmm. from the last year or two. The Battleships, the John Carters, the, all those movies. And I'm like, you know what, Pirates 4, if you compare it to, to these movies, not that bad of a movie. I mean, uh, I think uh, it looked good. That's, a, that's open out of a can of worms right there because I like John Carter. See, a lot of these movies get like a bad rap. Yeah. Like they perform so poorly, and oh, everybody hated him. Like, what are you talking? Like John Carter, that wasn't bad. Like, and Battleship was was fucking dumb and goofy, but it was also kind of awesome. I mean, they found a way <laughs> to integrate the stupid game into the movie and make it like, okay, that actually makes sense. And there was some cool shit at the end. But I mean, Battleship was so bad it was good. That's the funny thing. Like I had a, yeah, I had a fun time. I reviewed it on one of our our earlier episodes. Way early. You get those old sailors in there, man. They're rocking out some freaking uh, some scorpions out there. Ah, dude, that was some good shit. I don't care. (laughs) Well, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I'm not going to give you a bad. I I like John Carter. The only thing they did with John Carter was miscasted. That's it. That's the one problem. though. The whole movie was was actually pretty good. I, I watched it a couple times. Who do you see? Who would you um, who who would you have cast as John Carter? You know what? I don't know. I I, I don't think. Oh. Right. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Probably Chris Pine has the screen presence to pull that off. But I mean, okay. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. I don't think he's there. He's I not mean, there yet. Exactly. But I think like uh, you don't call your movie John Carter number one. I've said that before. But like I think the the, the special effects little looked a little too episode one for me. I mean, it's oh, yeah. 2013, Definitely. and I mean like you know like Deja Thoris and some of those characters look like they were straight out of episode one. Yeah, there was definitely some issues with the movie, but I mean, overall, like the the rap that it got was completely undeserved. It was I funny, mean, dude. Like when he first got, got on got. Mars, when he was first on Mars and jumping around and shit, that was funny as hell, man. It, he looked so awkward. And I, and I think the only reason it got such a bad rap was in half somehow. We lost like, you there for a second, man. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. The, uh, the only reason that, that this movie got such a bad rap was because of the budget. If it wasn't, if it didn't cost two fifty, yeah, uh, two hundred fifty million to make, I, I think this movie would have been a lot more well received, and a lot, it wouldn't have been considered a bomb. I mean, because yeah. you, you you figure out how to cut, and again, we were talking about episode one special effects, which exactly, I don't know where this two hundred fifty million dollar budget went to. They had no real big name stars. I mean, Willem Dafoe was a voice. They didn't. I, I don't know where it went because the special effects were. Yeah, we're 2005, you know, in, the, in that range. It, it, it was just terrible for, for its time. You know, I think it was I, just I, the I, amount. Maybe not, maybe not, but it was more a quantity than quality. You know, there was so much CGI exactly. in that movie. I agree. Shrink the story. You know, shrink it down a bit. Cut that budget. This movie would have been a hit. I guarantee it. Probably a similar problem they had with The Lone Ranger. They needed to shrink that budget down. 
shrink the story down a bit. They got they got too ahead of themselves. Well, I mean, okay. Everybody wants hey, to- Brian, you said you liked the Lone Ranger, right? I like the Lone Ranger. I did. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that shit when it comes in on Blu-ray. I didn't. I haven't seen it yet, but you know what? I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of conflicting things about yeah. that movie, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying this. The the problem was you spend two hundred plus million on a movie. That's why you're going to get the bad reviews because everybody's expecting the Avengers. Everyone's expecting the Dark Knight. When you spend that type of money, they they're not. And I'm not saying these are lower quality movies, but they want they want more out of them. And I think if you cut that somehow. You put less pressure on the studio, you put less pressure on the actors, and you can have fun. People are going to go watch you have fun. Well, look look what Disney's doing, okay? Like you said, miscasting, okay? Yeah, maybe they gave Taylor Kitsch too much too soon. And look at Lone Ranger. Maybe they gave Army Hammer too much too soon. I mean, you know, you're entrusting these, like, relatively unknown uh, um, movies, these characters, uh to these unknown actors, really, is what you're doing. And, and I'm yeah. not saying that Lone Ranger is unknown, but yeah, I mean, to a newer generation that ha- is not reading the comic books and didn't grow up on like the show in the 1940s, you know, yeah, these are new characters to them. So their first introduction, you know, that's going to go a long way is how this movie is perceived. And unfortunately, this movie didn't make back what it cost to make. Um, even internationally, it's not going to perform well. I don't think in other countries they have any, you know, I don't think chi- in China that Lone Ranger is going to do well. They could care less about American Westerns. So. Oh, definitely. I mean, and, that, and that's it. If you look at that, uh, what it's made, the international is, is, is killed that movie. It, it did not do what, you know, a lot of these other movies have done internationally, and that, that's what it is. I mean, because well, look at Pacific best, Rim. Pacific Rim did well internationally, and that still doesn't guarantee that it's going to garner a sequel. I mean, honestly, if if you want to like dollars in the U.S. is where it counts. How much it yep. makes in the in the U.S. is where it counts um, when it comes to these movies. I mean, in China, Pacific Rim exploded. I mean, it's made tons of money internationally. But that doesn't guarantee that even Pacific Rim is going to get a uh, sequel. Like, look at Dread. Dread did horrible in the U.S. And I loved Dread. Thought it was fantastic. That's another Carl Urban movie. Um, and that did great. And it, the Blu-ray sales have just boomed. It's been huge. But that's not going to get a sequel. We're finding out that the sequel – I think the sequel is going to be in a comic book. So, I mean, it's – there's a – I don't know. There's a lot of different factors that Disney – Disney, of course, they're going to give Jer- – They were uh, not before they broke up with Jerry Bruckheimer. He's gone from Disney now. But, I mean, he was their – he was Disney's darling. I mean, look what he did with the Pirates of the Caribbean. Look how mu- much money oh. that franchise has made. Over a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. It's just the last movie did that. Right. I mean, yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, you need a balance. Even if it leans big on one side. I mean, because if you look at um, – you know, like, like Skyfall, you know, it made great here. I think it was three hundred million, but I think it made seven hundred million overseas. You know, if you have some kind of balance like that, that's great. But yeah. I mean, Pacific Rim, I think, just broke a hundred million domestic. Yeah, and for that movie with that budget, because I think, I think I read an article where it says that the domestic, for every dollar they make internationally, they are only 
it only counts as, as like seventy cents to the dollar domestically. So I mean, they have to. You have to have a huge haul, even if you did three, four hundred million overseas and bombed here. It still doesn't balance out, even though it's oh, I made you know half a million, half a billion worldwide, right. because they lose so much more overseas because of of taxes and, and and what they have to pay in to get those get those theaters to play these movies, right? Um, but but you're right. I mean, but it's not only Disney. I mean, you look at all these studios. I mean, they're all doing it. They're they're throwing money. You know, and I, I think there was an article that uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg did saying. With how much of these movies are starting to cost, you're going to see movie tickets rise exponentially. I mean, it, it'll soon become where you won't get to see your movies like 12 Years a Slave and things like that in the theaters anymore because it, it, nobody's going to pay $50 a ticket. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be those epic, big budget movies. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's going to change how, you know, how we view everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, movies. I mean, imagine taking your family to go see something like you know John Carter or The Lone Ranger, and then spending like I don't even know, dude. I don't even know because like I know you guys got kids, and you know you guys are married and stuff, and like I can't even imagine how much it costs to like go to the movie theater like as a family, what, dude. Like for me, that's why we go to matinee shows like in the morning. Yeah. Like, the last yeah. one we saw as a family was uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the the holiday break to take all the kids to see Thor, but. I that, saw we saw it. Thor at ten thirty in the morning. But yeah, we'll see it in the morning. Mat- Wait, you know, the matinee. Steve's waking and- his kids up, and they're like, "No, we just <laughs> we want to sleep." And no, come on, kids, we gotta go see Thor. Daddy's gotta save a few bucks. Yep. <laughs> sleep doesn't more matter. Than, more than a few bucks, man. I'm telling you. I, mean, I bet. Yeah, it, it, it averages out over over the course of uh, you know as many people that it that it. You definitely need to see the earlier showings, and and none of that concession shit. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Just make sure that your wife has a big purse that you can stuff shit in. She has a huge purse, and it's on purpose. Dude, maybe you, you know? can stuff have, one. Are your kids? Purse. You can stuff one of your kids in the purse, maybe. Well, they're not that little. Ah. <laughs> hey, uh, do you guys have any drive-in movie theaters there? Um, I've one, but I've never been to it, and ah, I've always the- wanted to go. It's just. Every, you know, especially because I have little kids. You know, I have a I have a five year old and two twins, soon to yeah. be three year olds. It's been a long time since uh, I would ever consider being able to see a movie at ten thirty because our times are like eight and ten thirty for movies. Yeah, and, you know, it, they would just they would be out. You know, for anything, and most of the time they put that that second movie is the movie we all want to see, and it's uh, right. But yeah, I. That's my that's my summer goal this year is to get it, get to one. You know they'll be all a little older, and if they all end up falling asleep, too bad. I'm I'm gonna see two movies, and that's it. yeah. No way. Even if I had, I don't. There's no drive-ins anywhere near me. But even if there were, I have two little kids. They would freak out if I if I made them sit back there for two hours and watch a movie <laughs> through a big screen in the front. We're listening to it through the radio. It would not work. No way, man. I got a two-year-old that wants to beat feet as soon as that car's in park, man. He's gone. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to our news segment. Um, uh, let's see here. But, you know, before that, let's do. Let's take a little quick break. We'll be back and uh, we'll go over uh, our news segment. And we're back. All right. Uh, we're going to go over some news this week. Uh, we have 
just a few news stories this week. Uh, not that very many, but a lot of news in these categories. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about some Star Wars news. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Hillsdale Collegian, it's a college newspaper of Hillsdale College located in Michigan, is reporting that one of their students, Joseph Craig, has been cast in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, there was that casting call that uh, anybody could, uh, you know, try to get uh, that could, anybody could audition um, for a couple parts in Star Wars Episode Seven. Well, he apparently went to a casting call in Detroit and had a few meetings, and they liked him well enough to offer him a part. He was actually quoted as saying. They didn't tell me too much about my role, and the script won't be released until the spring. It's all pretty hush-hush. What do you guys think about this? Do you think it's legit? Do you think that this this guy is actually being cast as one of these uh, characters that they had in that? You guys have seen the script, right? Yeah, I, I've seen it, um, and I, I, I heard that – I read that article today about the, you know that student that yeah. uh, they, they got in Detroit. I, I don't know. I mean this is – you know they've they've been all over the place. I know they were they were here in Chicago. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I've heard that they've been all over. We're, we're talking tens of thousands of people, and I, I'm I'm just shocked that news would come out now that they would have just picked somebody up. Um, but it's weird that it's, that they, they, they sound like major parts in the movie that they're just yeah like, exactly, and, and then you know, and nobody's been cast that we know of. I mean. You know, yes, we've heard, you know, you know, the original group is coming back, but we, we still don't even know that for sure. And yet we, we find out this, this kid here has got a role. I, I just, I just, when I read it, I found it hard to believe, but I mean, who knows these days? I mean, you know, this, this stuff comes out quick and, and fast, but yeah. I, I, I would, I would just be shocked that they would, they would do that, but I guess it, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, I know, was it Jake, was Jake Lloyd, right? Was, uh, Anakin in the first one, yeah, you know, I, I think he was found in a similar fashion. I think they did, you know, one of these things, um, you know, casting calls, and that, that how he was found. So, it, I, I guess nothing surprises me. But even he that. had work before this. I mean, he was doing. He was in uh, Jingle All the Way with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. and uh, Sinbad. I mean. I don't know. I've never heard of Joseph Craig, and and I mean maybe he's done some you know acting here and there, but I I thought like these parts and okay they've been like the script has two characters. They give them the names of Thomas and Rachel. So I mean I'm sure that those are just like names for now. I hope hopefully it's not like those are the names of uh, you know you know if either uh, Leia and Han's kids or Luke's kids or something. I think that's pretty boring personally. Um, I'd like to see him stick with like you know Anakin, uh, uh, Jason, um, you know uh, th- those characters from the expanded universe, but and they haven't confirmed that either. But I don't know. I just think it's really weird that I think the casting call is weird in general. I yeah. think it's I think it's fine. I mean, if they if they want to cast an unknown, I mean, it's it's everyone's always talking about how they'd rather have unknown actors playing certain characters, anyways, to give a new take on things. And I, I think this news is a lot better than hearing that Tom Cruise was cast in Episode Seven. I mean, the internet would break if something like that happened. So yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't think they're going for like uh, with Star Wars, like the originals, like you know, uh, they were pretty much all unknowns to begin with. But you know, they'd had work in 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 Hollywood, you know. Uh, uh, let's see here. You know, Harrison Ford, he had done, uh, he had done American Graffiti before Star Wars, correct? 
Yes. And even though he was, I think he was just like, wasn't he a carpenter on the set at the time? For on Star Wars, yeah. No, I think he was he was reading he was helping George Lucas out and reading um, just reading lines with other actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just kind of helping out because they they like, developed a friendship on American Graffiti. Um, but he was a carpenter. He's a carpenter, though. You guys have heard that, yeah, right? I, I believe he was doing yeah. some work, set work, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what. Right. But he was reading just reading lines, and I guess George said like you know that. There, nobody read him better, you know. So that's how he got the role. Nice. I well, mean, and, you it, know, but like you're right. Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill—they were unknown. But, I mean, like guys, we were talking about like a few weeks ago. Uh, me and the guys, we were talking about like you know Sarah Sronin and and you know Michael B. Jordan. Some of these actors, like they're virtually unknowns when you think about it. Getting some of these parts, it's not like we have to go for like you know your A-list, you know, celebrities to be cast in these movies. Um, you know, even well, Benedict, true, but, but also. But also, I mean, Star Wars, when they were casting it, was an unknown movie. Right. Now you've got a movie that people know. I mean, this movie is going to, you know, put you on the bill. I mean, no matter, and, and get you paid, no matter what you do for life, you're set. Yeah. I mean, you can just run around at conventions. But, yeah. but just jumping on uh, on that article, I'm, I'm reading here uh, I, uh, on my tablet, uh, it looks like a lot of sources are saying that it, it was actually a prank in the site. Uh, that article has been removed from from the website. Oh, really? Okay. I literally just because I wanted to. I was I was pulling up another thing, and I'm, I'm actually on uh, makingstarwars.net, um, and they've posted that, and a few other sites have posted that. That right now it's it's you know that that article has been removed. They're still not saying that maybe he wasn't. You know, maybe he was cast for something minor. Mm-hmm. They're not denying that, but for any kind of major role, it, it doesn't look to be what, what's happening. All so right. I, again, who knows? I mean, just like we were saying earlier in the beginning with uh, with Paul Walker, I mean, the internet just—I mean, people just run wild with anything that they can find. But yeah, so yeah, I right. guess Joseph Craig had his like five minutes of fame there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you later, Joseph. Yeah. Fuck you, Joseph. All right. Uh, you just- Wasted five minutes of our podcast now. Uh, we're, yeah, you know. yeah. Thanks, a sh- <laughs> thanks a pant load, Joseph. Ah, but uh, I read the script. Um, there, it, it's uh, bleeding cool. Got a copy of the script uh, that's been read at the auditions. It's a conversation between two characters that Disney has been trying to cast: Rachel and Thomas. "Quote unquote," I guess that's their names. Um, I don't know if these are. I think they're just code names. I'm hoping they are. Uh, but, uh, let me read the script. Uh, the character Thomas says, Rachel, thanks for coming to get me. Rachel says, family has to stick together, right? She then starts to rise. He grabs her hand, dead serious. He says, listen, if I don't make it, Rachel says, shh. He goes, but if I don't. And then before he can finish, she drops down next to him and looks him dead in the eye. And then she says, you're not going to die. I forbid it, okay? And then Thomas says, okay. So that's the that's the script that they've had people read at these auditions. Whether this is actually in the film, we don't know. But um, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, I think they do need to go with a few unknowns, maybe some people that have been in some indie films, but I would like to see some actors that are a little bit established. You know, like we've heard, like, you know, David last week talked about, um, you know, Matt Smith, uh, you know, who, who was the, um, uh, Doctor Who. 
before Peter Capaldi, who's now going to be the new Doctor Who. And then you know, uh, you know, we've heard you know rumors of maybe Benedict Cumberbatch, and and uh, you know, there's some other actors I'd love to see in the Star Wars universe. You know, I've always wanted to see Tom Hardy as a Sith, and and. Uh, there's been some other actors. I would like to see some of these, not you know, not not big names, not like you know Tom Cruise and Will Smith and Matt Damon, but I would like to see some of these other actors that are up and coming. You know, like Michael Fassbender or, or Tom Hiddleston. I'd like to see them take their stab at the Star Wars universe. And I think you might. I mean, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman. I mean, you know, Sam Jackson. I mean, even even some minor characters. If you look at like Jimmy Smith, I mean, you you, you get that. And I think you're right. I think they might cast, and I, again, not super unknowns, but you know, but people maybe we haven't seen your, like your indie actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they even did that with the prequels. I mean, that's kind of the status quo. They they hire an unknown basically for the main roles and surround them with you know better known actors. To kind of help exactly, the film yeah. move along, so yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think you'll see that, and I think you know, especially in this day and age, and now with Disney being involved, you know, you know, you're gonna, you know, it's it's not all, you know, Lucas is not fronting it; it's Disney's money, and they're gonna want to have that poster when it comes out to have some faces on it that people recognize. Um, I mean, it, it's why you know. What eighty five percent of their live action movies the last decade have involved Johnny Depp? I mean, but I, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see a, a good cast around them. Um, I'm just, I'm just getting. I, I just, I just want them to make some decisions. I just want to hear something legit. Yeah. Um, other than other than actors whining that they want to be in it or they want to be back in it. Like I, I keep hearing Sam Jackson talking about them bringing back Mace Windu, and I'm like, you were thrown out a window, dude. Yeah, Do not remember the scene. Do I don't not want, read your script. Come on. I didn't even really care for his characters in those films. Like there was nothing Sam Jackson about him in those movies, and I, I am not saying that that's like a bad thing, but at the same time, he was just really kind of like bland. But he was the reason Anakin became Darth. It was the final blow. That's that's the argument I do to my brother-in-law because he hates Mace Windu's character. So I yeah, have to. But you could have had anybody else counter. play the character of Mace Windu. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're right. You, no, you're definitely right. There's no reason for Samuel L. Jackson to be in that role. But you know, and I'm not blam- again, I'm not blaming Samuel thing. L. Jackson. I mean, I love him as an actor. Pulp Fiction is still one of my favorite movies. But I don't think that. They really – I mean he's a Jedi and he's but, – but at the same time, I just don't – I didn't really – I didn't really connect with his character ever through any of the three movies. He would have been a better Sith because then he could have you know, been a badass. Yeah, exactly. You know, imagine him with a, you know, a purple lightsaber Sith, you know, the double-sided one just going crazy, just, just whacking people, saying yeah, and his, whatever uh, kind of sayings he wanted. His lightsaber says bad motherfucker on it. Exactly. I mean, that would have that would have been awesome. Nobody would have cared what happened to Anakin if, if they had Mace Windu uh, as as the Sith Lord just destroying people with the with the bad motherfucker purple lightsaber. Right. Hey, come on. What, what, what did he say in Pulp Fiction? Say what one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> so no, but but I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think yeah. that's how they're going to do it. You're gonna you're gonna see a cast of. You're gonna see the main characters probably be unknowns or, yeah. or new. I mean, even, but like like you said, Michael B. Jordan. Not many people know. I mean, people are gonna know 
come Oscar time because you know what Fruitville Station is going to be nominated. He'll be up there, I'm sure. For yeah, it. yeah. So he might get some notoriety then at that point. Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll announce the cast before then, and, and maybe you know they can get him in if, if that's one of the one of the people they're going to bring in. But yeah, but I think I mean, yeah, like people if they don't listen to this podcast or if they're not if they didn't watch The Wire or Friday Night Lights, they've been sleeping on Michael B. Jordan. So I mean, that's the thing. It's like. You I didn't can bring. Was to tell Chronicle, but exactly, exactly, and that's the thing. It's like you know, I mean, uh, and even people that have watched Chronicle, they might know, they might know him if they see him, but they they don't know. Oh, that's Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and I think that's what they need. I think you're right. Somebody, somebody in that, maybe not you know, because I think he's a good actor, but you know, not you know, yeah, but but that known to the public, you know, he's done things, he's got a background, he knows what he's doing in front of a camera. But maybe not everybody knows him, and this this will be what puts them on, yeah. you know, kind of like you know, like Chris Hemsworth. It puts it puts him on that on that level now, where you're a list. You know, you were there. People knew who you were. People knew yes. what you did. And now you are, you know, you got this big billion dollar movie because you know Episode Seven is going to make a billion. Hell yeah, dollars. dude! Star Wars can happen. do that for an actor. Hey, and, and that's that's what I think. That's what I think is going to happen. You'll see your main, you know, whatever if they're going to go with the brother sister combo or however they're going to do it, and then surround everybody else. You right. Know, that, that's kind of how it's going to be. Star Wars can either be a blessing or a curse. I mean, look at Hayden Christensen. Like everybody knows who he is, but like most people don't really care for him as an actor. But look at Mark Hamill. I mean, voice work. Yeah. <laughs> after after that's Star Wars, good voice I mean, work. Absolutely. Great voice work. Great, great voice, voice work. work. But I mean, but I mean, that's that's it. You know, you don't well, want to get typecast. Yeah, well, I mean, guys, honestly, like he did get in the the car accident and things like that. So, um, but, I, but I also don't think that uh, that he's hurting in the pocketbook either, typecast or not. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, and, and Hayden Christensen, he's still working. I'm on his IMDb page now. Sure. He's got quite a few things in the works. So, and like you said, he's never going to be hurting in the pocketbook. So, guess right. what? Ten, fifteen years from now, nobody's hiring him. Guess what he's doing? He's jumping on the convention circuit signing autographs for 50 bucks a pop and he's you know he's just hanging out yeah but when's the last time you said you heard somebody say dude oh shit dude hayden christensen's got a new movie out have you seen the preview oh never you're you're right on that never and i I doubt you'll ever see that right i think i've heard it but not quite in that inflection (laughs) well i i'm i'm taking a bow right now you can't see me but i am bowing um (laughs) But uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, it's going to hit theaters in December eight on December eighteenth, two thousand fifteen. So that is confirmed. So it's not going to be coming out in May like the previous Star Wars movies. I'm glad that it's coming out in December. I think they need more time to kind of polish this movie. But another movie that was slated for December eighteenth, uh, two thousand fifteen, was uh, the World of Warcraft movie. Um, that was pretty short lived. After like two weeks of being together for the same day release, Universal uh, they. He said we better move our yeah. movie World of Warcraft to a galaxy far, far away from Episode Seven, and they pushed it back to March eleventh, two thousand sixteen. I mean, smart move. Smart, smart move. move. Yes. Fuck. Yeah, because they would have had Howard the Duck numbers if that happened. I mean, right. They would have gotten annihilated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah and, if, yeah, and if they want to put any sort of money into that movie, they you know they're they're going to need to be able to tell the investors. They're not opening against Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, oh that's yeah, scare people away from that, away from that whole project. 
Yeah, and I mean, they're moving it wisely. This is not like when G.I. Joe Retaliation got moved so they could add more chatting Tatum scenes or make it 3D or whatever and then move it to March, you know. This is wise. I mean, if they open the same week as Star Wars, they're going to get their ass handed to them. Yeah, that's good. You know, nobody's saying like, "Oh, what, what are you doing?" Everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, good on you." You know, what, good decision. Yeah. Don't, don't, why don't did it? Why did with Star Wars? Don't right. play chicken with Disney. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did it take even two weeks? You know. Yeah, they should have been like that same day. Like, oh, yeah. we're out. Oh shit, we're out. Yeah. We we're don't out. know when. We don't yeah. know yet. <laughs> but not then. Exactly. Are you guys excited to see? Did any of you play World of Warcraft? I have never played World of Warcraft. I've never played oh. it only because I don't want to get hooked on it. Right, yeah. I, I, Dude, I got hooked on phonics and I couldn't get rid of that shit. So, <laughs> no, but I used to, seriously, I used to play EverQuest back in the day. And, like, dude, I remember, like, playing EverQuest all day. Like, no, morning, noon, and night. And then, like, even calling into work and shit, like, in my 20s and, being, and yeah, playing EverQuest. Good. You know? And then, like, I, I seriously think I lost a relationship because of EverQuest. So, I mean, yeah. Hey, Alil, did you ever play WoW? No, man. The only thing I know about World of Warcraft is that South Park episode. Yeah, that was great. That was probably, I mean, that was one of the funny, I mean, again, they, they, they do it every couple every couple years or once a season, but that was that season's standout, man. Yeah, absolutely. When, that- when the boys just basically... Gain two, three hundred pounds and just sit there <laughs> playing World of Warcraft for months on end. It, it was terrific, and that was good. I'm, I'm already a big dude. I don't, I don't need to sit down anymore in front of a screen and, and play something like that for hours on end. Well, <laughs> so, we're, so we're a good target audience for this movie. I mean, they're going to have to hit people like us that know of the game, but have never actually played it. We don't have any preconceived notions of, right. of who's aligned with who. What you know what I mean? That so we're going to have an easier time. I think. Uh, Liking the movie than some yeah, of the diehard fans. Exactly. Are. I think like the diehard fans, they want the. I mean, I don't know. Do you think they're going to inundate this movie with like Easter eggs just for the diehard fans? I mean, I think they'll have that 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 Kung Fu Panda in there from that that what is it? Mist of Mists of Pandaria, <laughs> the World of Warcraft. You don't remember those commercials? Uh, Panda Bear just rocking all those orcs and all that. Cool I, thought, I thought you were talking about the cartoon with Jack Black. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking that's about too. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. It's a freaking panda bear doing all kinds of crazy kung fu. You can look it up. Mist of Pandaria. It's a. It's like an expansion for the World of Warcraft game. Dude, I think you're making this shit up. Listening to this thing, I'll be like, no, 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 man, he's got it. It's true. It's true. That was a badass commercial. Huh. Okay. All right. If you say so. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, John Williams is returning to do the score for episode seven. Um, that's great news, guys. Uh, in a recent interview, though, with uh, Philippine, the Philippine Inquirer, he revealed that he may be back for another franchise as well. He was quoted as saying, it's been, for whatever reason, always a wonderful relationship. Since he is younger than I am, I will try to keep up with him, do the music for Indiana Jones 5. I will try to keep up with the other gentlemen, including J.J. Abrams, who's doing Star Wars 7. And we will see how long my eyesight will hold out. That's the present state of things. So it looks like he's coming back to do music for Indiana Jones 5, which hasn't even been announced yet. Wow, that, 
I'm sure they're pissed that he dropped that. Um, wow. I, 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 I think that's great that he's coming back for Star Wars. I mean, cause I, I, I can tell you that a, a score can ruin a movie. And I think there's nobody better out there than, than John Williams, especially do it for Star Wars. We did talk about how a score can ruin a movie. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, I think it would have been a lot better with a better score. You guys there? All right, we're back. We had some technical difficulties there, but we're back. We were talking about the, you know, like the how the score can affect the actual movie and the tone of the movie, and we talked about how, um, you know, I think the score uh, in uh, Spider-Man, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, the new one with Andrew Garfield, actually helped uh, contribute to that movie suffering a little bit. Uh, would you guys agree? Oh man, you know there was it, there was a scene in that movie where uh, he was fighting the lizard inside the uh, the high school, and it wasn't the scene with Stanley where you know it was that funny little moment. It was like right before that they're like fighting in a hallway, and the music just pulled me right out. It was like it, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like this goofy, light-hearted music that just did not fit the scene, and it's it's moments like that that just oh man, I mean, just yanks you right out of the movie. Well, yeah, I think it's the go ahead. It's the James Horner's hero score. Um, anytime Spider Man was doing anything heroic, it it just didn't fit. No, and, you know, I don't want to compare it to Elfman and in, in, in the Spider Man, the original Spider Man trilogy. Um, but I mean, Elfman didn't do all three. But I mean, Elfman in the first one, you kind of got the sense. It, 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 that's that's what I'm saying with the score. You you don't. I think the best movies are the ones that. The score enhances, but you're not you're not focusing on it. You know, I, I think it just it's just there as an, an addition to what's going on. And I think when something completely like that happens, where you get it's just the wrong feel, it takes you out of the action. It takes you out of what it, what they're trying to do, and it, it I think it really can hurt a movie. Um, and I think I think it definitely did with Amazing Spider-Man. I think because you know the effects, everything, everything like that on the technical side was great, and then you put in this. Just, just the, just a bad score. I mean, even corny, I just campy, just cheesy yeah. music. Well, at the end, that, at the end of that movie, where they, uh, like the, like the New Yorkers are like uh, helping Spider-Man with like the cranes, and like he's supposed to swing, uh, you know, uh, with all those cranes. Um, the score just wasn't as dramatic as it could have been for that scene. Yeah, for that, yeah, it's, like it's, it sets the whole wrong tone. Right, it's like a score can be epic. You know, and you want sometimes a score can be an anthem for a character too. I mean, like listen to the score in Superman, like with the Christopher Reeves films. That was his anthem, and like even, even the Nolan, no, yeah, uh, not the Nolan, but I mean um, the Burton Batman, right? I mean, yeah, yes, and well, you Rocky, know. Rocky. You know, yeah. I mean. Even the Rocky movies, it's not a superhero movie, but once you heard that, you know, that was his anthem. I mean, you know, I mean, that's what got you pumped. And exactly. You knew Rocky was going to do something. He was going to train or he was going to punch somebody in the face or something big was going to happen. Right. But when 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 they, yeah, I, and, they, and, and they, I, they, I can't they've... blast Warner because, I mean, he's he's done some great movies. But, I mean, I, I, in this case, he was just the wrong guy for this movie. Absolutely. And the movie – and, and the, the music didn't take center stage either in those scenes, and they should have. I mean it was kind of like off in the background. You know what yeah. I mean? 
But they but they've rectified that now for the second one. That's what they've said. Yes. Yeah. That's so like, what, what do we got? We got Hans 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 Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Hans. Phew, I mean, you know what he did with the stuff for Man of Steel. My goodness. So you know if he can take that same magic to Spider Man, I think. I mean that that was basically my only gripe. I mean I didn't really like the way the, the lizard's face looked, but other than that, it was a, the music. A lot of people it. didn't like the way the lizard's face looked. Okay, but the original lizard didn't have the snout like he does in the I comic books it, now. I know, okay, wait, wait, I just, wait, wait, I wait. wait. Like I know, I know. A lot of people. I, hey, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that you should like it or you shouldn't like it. But if they did give him the snout, would he be able to emote? talk the way that he did in that movie no you give anything a snout they're not going to be able to talk it was hard as hell for tom hardy to do the great job that he did as bane with having a fucking mask on his face for crying out loud so you give a character a snout and then you want him to talk it's a little difficult i understand what they did I, I get it, I get it too, but but I didn't really think that he emoted all that much, anyways. So I mean, and they've they've they can make if they they're gonna make a, you know, with the Hobbit, uh, they're they're gonna make Smog with his snout emote and talk and do all kinds of cool shit. I'm not saying that they, that a uh, Spider Man had the same budget as as the Lord of the Rings fellas. Right. But, um, no, that's a good but point. It can be done. I didn't it think can of be that. Done. And and I just I, I don't know like and but that was a that's a small gripe I still like the movie a lot that's a small gripe it was yeah. that and the music I mean if I'm gonna I'm not gonna kill the movie for that you know what I mean it was just one of my personal preference things I can I would no. like to have seen that be no different. it's a legitimate yeah. gripe though it really is I mean the music did take me out of certain scenes in that film it really did I mean when you leave a Batman Nolan film. You have that, you know, that music pumping, you know, you have it, you hear it in your head or like even like the new, uh, even the new Superman movie. Um, a lot of people didn't like that music, but I, I had that music. I had (laughs) that crazy. Yeah. I had that score running through my head after I saw that movie. And yes, I saw that movie three times in three days. So, um, but, uh, you know, sometimes a score is that powerful that it kind of sticks with you and it'll play in your head, uh, all the time. And I, but I just didn't get that from Spider-Man. So yeah, amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, so maybe we should, you know, let's talk about Spider Man -Man too. Let's let's move right in. We got those uh, that new poster that popped up this week, huh? Yeah, we did. Now, now, Alil, uh, you were the first one, I think. Did you post this first uh, in our thread? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I sent it to you guys. Yeah, I think I saw it from you before I saw it anywhere else. I thought it was going to be an international trailer and then uh, international poster, but apparently it was a poster that was released at a uh, casino in Las Vegas first. Um, we don't know. We don't know who put it up, but there was a, it was somebody uh, posted the picture on their Twitter feed that was at the casino, and we got to see it was a uh, what do they call it? A uh, how, what kind of poster is Tri- it? Triarch or. or- Trifect or something or yeah triarch or something, something like, that, like yeah. that yeah and it's basically it's like three, it's three posters that make one exactly it's three posters that make one poster uh and so on one side of the poster you see three villains in this poster uh two villains we knew about you know we knew that he was going to face electro and mm-hmm. uh, did you guys hear about the rumor of the possible uh title for the movie uh i guess a german poster has it called the rise of electro I mean, that's I, I have I did hear about that, but I mean, movie titles change depending on where they're released sure. all the time. Yeah, so we don't know if that is just for Germany or you know if if that's going to carry over into the states too. Exactly, it's just. 
who knows at this point. Even 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 the quarter pounder in uh, Europe is called a Royale with cheese. So we never know what we're going to get over here or over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How many, so. how many Pulp Fiction references are we going to have tonight? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, seriously. That's crazy. But, but um, yeah, we got to see uh, Electro. And then uh, he was on the right side of the poster in the left hand of the poster, another character that we know that was going to be in this film, but we didn't know to what uh, extent, uh, was Paul Giamatti as the rhino. And then in the center of the poster, off, way off in the distance, on what looks like to be kind of like a, a hovering device like we saw in the third movie uh, with James Franco, uh, was the uh, – looks like it's going to be the Green Goblin. So yeah. – but, but is he green? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But yeah, we can okay. talk about that. Um, now we, we've seen we've seen you know um, Jamie Fox as Electro, and uh, but what we hadn't really seen is Paul Giamatti in the Rhino costume. Like I thought that this first movie, just from watching the trailer, um, which the trailer is actually going to drop on the internet on December fifth. And then it'll release in theaters during the is it de, is it during the de- desolation of smog trailers? Yes. yes. Oh, oh, and, and side note, really quick, uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, first movie after the Dark Knight trilogy, um, Interstellar. That trailer will drop during smog, uh, the, the desolation of smog, the Hobbit film. So I'm definitely I can't wait to see it that uh hobbit sequel um you know you're gonna get two great trailers spider-man and uh interstellar that's amazing oh yeah i mean that's the way to do it i mean you've got to you know they know that that smog is going to be a a huge hit and you know just like with uh with thor where we got the five minutes of cap you gotta you gotta uh throw the the heavy hitters for the yeah. summer out there right away. You got to capitalize on it. But okay, yeah. so we got to we got to look at the rhino costume. What did you guys well, well, think of the rhino did you, costume? Did any of you guys see a, a high res picture of that cuz I I haven't seen a high res Not high res. Not high res. it just looks like a tank or something to me. I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at. I thought it looked like it, Megatron. It's a, it's a Voltron lion. Yeah. Right? You guys have watched the yeah. Voltron. Yeah, uh, what is that? Like guys, I, mean, I I get that they're going to need to try and make like make some sense out of a guy in a giant rhino suit, but I I have no idea what that even is. Has anybody so, from Sony come out and said that this this poster is legit? Not that I know of, not one person. I think that I think the poster's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I think it's about as legitimate. I think it's a legitimate as the Wonder Twins poster that came out a few <laughs> weeks ago that was yeah, dropped yeah. at Midtown Comics. <laughs> I do. I think it's about at the Ashton Kutcher, uh, what's her face, Megan from Family Guy, uh, Myla Kunis. Yeah, I think no. it's about as legit as the Wonder Twins poster that somebody dropped off at Midtown Comics. I, I don't this think this is legit. But, but, but the difference is in this one is, is, that, is I haven't seen a high-res version of the Rhino suit, but I have today – seen a high-res shot of the uh, Dane DeHaan, a closer-up, uh, better, you know, uh, much much sharper, you know. It's in uh it, it definitely looks like him. I saw it too, but you know Smiling what? Smiling away they, with a with a big white afro. I don't get it. I you could know. you could have easily taken a shot from James Franco in Spider Man three and put Dane DeHaan's face from Chronicle in there and made that. 
You could because that, that's that suit, what it looked like. The suit really does look like that bullshit from Spider Man. It does. Okay, and I think it is bullshit. Okay, and I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into why I think this poster is bullshit a little bit later. Okay, it better be bullshit. That's but what, I didn't. What, I didn't no. like the rhino costume. It doesn't make sense. I mean, guys, with the serum that Kurt Connors used to become the lizard in the last movie, it doesn't make sense that 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 Paul Giamatti. When you see him in the trailer, does he look like somebody that could come out with that, that's good with robotics or something? Yeah, no, he just looks like a like a thug. like a Russian thug. Yeah, he's wearing a tracksuit. Exactly, he's got a barbed wire tattoo. It I mean. would make a lot more sense that he gets some kind of serum from Kurt Connors and becomes like part rhino or something. That's all I'm saying, or, or becomes, or, or I don't know. It just doesn't make sense that he becomes like uh, Megatron, Rhinoceros, Voltron, or something. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't and in the Ultimate Comics, I mean, he it was kind of a robotic suit, but it was a suit. This looks like you said, like a tank. I it mean, does. Yeah, it doesn't so look long. like he's wearing it. There's no. There's like that red light. Like it's got like a predator cannon on it. Like what? What are we looking at? Yeah, what was that all about? That was bizarre looking. I haven't seen high res either. I had to like take it. I had to take the picture and like enlarge it on my phone. And yeah, I just, yeah, I just can't make sense of it once you once you blow it up. I just, I, who knows. Yeah, like I guess, it, I guess maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see uh, when the Hobbit comes out. But yeah, well, I mean, it could be. It could be an early. You know how sometimes they do it for not studios or, or whatever, but like an early artist rendering that they got because you sometimes get those artist posters for the movie that are are used for you know merchandising and things like that. And maybe that's just kind of what this person thought and got it. I hope got it completely wrong because. You know, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and this, this, you know, if we had Voltron form, you know, if Voltron was fighting Spider-Man, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, and then, yeah, that, that high-res picture of, of the Goblin, I mean, he does, yeah, that's another thing, too, if you guys can see in this poster, uh, I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but the, 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 the one where Electro's in that scene behind him, you know, it's because it looks like they're at Times Square, yeah. So there's a bunch of screens yes, behind yes. him. Also behind that, there's there's a screen picture of Spider-Man, and then above it, it's another picture, and that that looks like another like a goblin. I think it look, it's supposed to look like the goblin back there smiling with crazy hair. I mean, you can't you blow it up and you, you lose it. But to me, it looked like Frankenstein was standing back there because it has kind of weird hair. It didn't match the other picture. You're right. Maybe this is. Maybe this is made up. I think it's I mean, bullshit, man. Took, yeah. Whoever took the time, I, I'm too much because the poster without the, you know, the rhino costume looks looks pretty cool. Looks pretty legit. Oh yeah, you're right. I see. I see that now about the goblin face back there. Yeah. Behind but, it, behind Electro. Even you know, our it, even our listeners, I pose the question like, you know, what do they make? What do they? Can anyone make sense of this costume? Is what I asked, and I, I, I posted the picture. And uh, Julian Ferrabamba said, from this angle, it looks like Rhino will be portrayed by one of Voltron's limbs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what I yeah, exactly what I think. I mean, yeah, it is crazy that they would that they would have gone this route. I mean, I could understand an Iron Man type mech suit that they made and put a horn on it and that's why he's the rhino i right. mean something like that but come on especially if he's if he's running on all fours i mean because it doesn't even look like he's got hands those are you know hooves i guess i don't know what a rhino's feet are bottom line is we don't like it right no don't like that but i will say spider-man's costume is amazing 
Right, I mean, it fits like the title now. That is the best Spider-Man suit that I've seen on film. Oh, it looks good. And it's it looks very good. Crazy good. The eyes are perfect. You know, they went back to basics with. Uh, they took a lot, lot of inspiration from the Raimi films. Um, yes. And made this suit kind of reflect those again, but they did their own spin on it. Still, you know, there's still some pattern changes and the the eyes. I mean, he just looks like Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, it looks a yeah, lot better. If you guys, uh, they they did some kind of countdown. Um, for the release of the trailer. And you get these little 10, 15 second little clips. Um, if you go on the, on the Sony website or if you follow them on Facebook, you'll, you'll get these things. And there's this one clip where they, you know, he's just, you know, he's, he jumps and you, he looks at the screen and it, it's perfect. I mean, you get the, you get the good white in the eyes, the reflection in the eyes. Um, it just fits. I mean, it, it's just great. And, uh, you know, I know a lot. You know, created the last costume in the the first Amazing Spider-Man. I it it bothered me when I first saw the first picture because I was like, right. "Well, that's not Spider-Man." But then I, I looked at it. I'm like, you know what? If they can tell a good story, I'm sure they're going to change costumes because Spider-Man changes costumes a lot. I mean, you know, he he's gone through different suits. Oh, sure, like, yeah. Anybody else? Man, anybody else? I'm sure they're going to go to do different things and, and tell a reason why. And I was okay with it. Uh, but you're right. I mean, this. This the colors they pop on the screen. It's just it's just great. And yeah, I, I mean I th- that's what I think. Like um, maybe maybe they will miss with Electro. Maybe they'll miss with the Goblin. But it would really suck if they miss with the Goblin because this is their second chance. We're gonna talk about the Goblin for the first one, dude. We're gonna talk but, um, about the Goblin, dude. We're gonna talk about okay. it. I got some. I got. Okay. Some, I don't know but, if you guys read any of this shit, but I'm gonna bring some shit that might blow your fucking minds. Okay. Well, I just wanted to end it by saying that you know. If even if they fall short on everything else, that Spider-Man suit they nailed it with that one. So yeah. You know, I'm definitely excited just just to see that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, go ahead. And you're right. I, I don't think I don't. I, I'm okay with Electro. I, I don't. I I like Jamie Fox. I don't know if he can play that kind of villain. You know, we'll see because I know they're they're trying to make it darker. I don't know how they're going to play it if if the, if this is legit with three villains. How they're going to do this? But you know, he, he it looks like they're taking more from an Amazing Spider-Man from the Ultimate Universe. Electro was more a bluish kind of, you know, he had blue, he had a lightning, he had that, he well, didn't that, have... The, the, the classic color. comics costume would never work on film. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely so, not. So, well, everyone's, that, everyone's saying, oh, I don't like the way he looks. Like, would you really rather have the green and yellow? Yeah. Sunflower no. mask? Would you really absolutely rather have not. that? No way. Fuck no, dude. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but, but you know, people can say the same thing. We're looking at what, you know, what potentially they think of the rhino in this universe is... I'd rather have somebody in some kind of like Gore-Tex suit with a rhino horn than this thing. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this is a fake. I mean, that's that's all I can say. I, I'm, I, I'm thinking it is. is I do. I think I legitimately think it's a fake, and I, I'm going to get back to that here in a little well, let's bit. Let's get into the goblin. You said you wanted to get into that. I will. I will. First, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about you know Fox Studios. They've been going viral with the X Men Days of Future Past website, TraskIndustries.com. Uh, Sony. I don't know if you guys have been following this, but they've quietly been kind of doing this too for a while now uh, with the Amazing Spider-Man Two. 
Um, there's a Tumblr account for the Daily Bugle, which is the fictional newspaper in the Spider-Man universe, the 616. It's been running stories by a reporter by the name of Ned Leeds. Now, uh, longtime Spider-Man fans will remember Ned Leeds being the Hobgoblin. He was finally, yes. um, you know, they finally revealed him as being the Hobgoblin, which was like a huge story arc for a long time, you know, mm. who was the Hobgoblin. Um, so now we know, according to the viral marketing that they're doing, that Ned Leeds exists in this universe. Um, whether he's going to come out in these movies, we don't know, but he does exist in this universe. But Ned Leeds recently ran a story that was titled Shake, Rattle, and Rob. Now, here is the story. The New York Police Department are the city's greatest heroes. But sometimes even heroes are left scratching their heads. For instance, when $200,000 goes missing from the armored vault at G.K. Mason Bank. Detective Stan Carter of the NYPD Major Crimes Unit was on scene to comment, stating, There's still a lot we don't know, but it looks like some kind of sustained vibration literally shook the door off its hinges and ripped the walls apart in the process. Security cameras inside the bank were damaged upon the immediate forced entry of the robber, denying police a clear view of the perpetrator or the means of rupturing the vault. When asked if the New York Police Department had concerns that the nature of the crime might indicate heightened superhuman activity, Carter said there's no evidence to point that to that yet. When we catch him, we don't expect anything more than a comic crook with a, with a clever toy. Guys – Reading that, and it they you you hear the comment, you know, it looks like some kind of sustained vibration that literally shook the door off its hinges. That sounds yeah, like that, the character of the shocker, shocker. the shocker, shocker. yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm not talking about you know two in the pink, one in the stink. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> God damn it! I knew you were gonna go there. I knew it. Oh man! I was no way did you I didn't say even that. want to say the name of the character because I knew you were gonna go there. Dude, that's, that's the awesome. kind of podcast. That's the kind of podcast I run. I say whatever. I say whatever I want to say on this, man. Uh, you can't awesome. stop me. If I want to bring up the shocker, I'll bring up the shocker. So. Uh, <laughs> If you want to read more on the Shocker, though, if you're interested in the character um, and what he's doing now in the Marvel Universe, I suggest that you read. There's a book called Superior Foes of Spider-Man, and it deals with Boomerang and the Shocker and and some of those characters and the heist that they try to pull off in the Marvel 616 right now. It's a great book. It's called Superior Foes of Spider-Man. But uh, the Shocker is a character in the Marvel Universe. His name is Herman Schultz. He was a cr- career criminal. Uh, spent several years in uh, several years in prison for uh, robbery. And then he he went out. He built a battle suit uh, that would send shockwaves uh, to open safes, and uh, it basically the shocker had the ability to shock his enemies too with his handheld vibro shock units. Um, the vibrations were so fierce uh, he wore a heavily insulated suit which made his his suit actually look like he had a pineapple head (laughs) if you ever look at him he looks like his head's made out of pineapple um but uh um he i don't know he's kind of he does he does he looks like a pineapple looks like spongebob squarepants Uh, like resides resides within him but i mean he's a he's kind of a goofy character but 
dude, I would love to see the shocker in this. Even if it's just like a quick cameo, it'd be fun. I think that's what we need. We need to kind of like expand like the Spider-Man universe. There's like so well, many point at this point that's exactly what they're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they're I talking mean, about doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, cuz they want to they want to end uh, or I guess not it's not a trilogy anymore cuz they're already talking about that, you know, no, four, they, but they want to yes, they want to bring be in the Sinister 6. Right. And, but I mean, I mean Spider-Man's the, one of the only characters in Marvel that you can actually do that with. You could have his own separate movie universe. I mean, nobody wants to see Spider-Man in the Avengers more than I do, but I think you could have his own contained movie universe and you could have spin-off films in that universe and have big, you know, team-up movies and events. Sure it you could. could. Work. You he's could have plenty of he's got plenty of cool vi- heroes and villains in his rogues gallery though. Guys, do you know who Venom is right now in the Marvel universe? Yeah, he's he's Flash. Flash. Exactly. Not Flash from DC. We're talking about. And he looks like he looks like the freaking Punisher. He's, he's he does. Like yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's Flash, who is the bully of uh, Peter Parker, and uh, now he is Venom in the Marvel U six one six. And I mean, you know, and we've got Scarlet Spider. There, and we got Black Cat. You know, I mean, there's so many different characters that they could like branch off and do different movies with and like expand upon this and like isn't, spider isn't even even isn't even like morbius isn't he even a spider-man yes, character morbius I mean, you can, yeah you going all you can go crazy with it morbius yeah, the living morbius vampire and the man wolf and all that stuff yep there's morbius the living vampire um which they created that character morbius the living vampire back when the comics code was still in effect the comics code you couldn't have traditional vampires with the comics code that got rid of pretty much all horror comic characters, but they made a vampire that was living. He wasn't dead. So they called him Morbius, the living vampire and it was okay. So they got away with it, but yeah, um, (laughs) it's kind of weird, kind of a weird character, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of things that they could do with the Spider-Man universe, but it's, are we, are people ready for that? Are they, are people ready to see Spider-Man 2099? Um, you know, a futuristic take on Spider-Man, do it right. Um, do, I do it right. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, hell yeah. I I think I think it'll be I think it'll be tough to do spinoff movies because you know you, you're gonna have a Morbius. Uh, if you have a Morbius movie, you know it's gonna be it's gonna have to be kind of a horror vampire type movie. And people, I, I think, are gonna have a hard time connecting the world. I don't want to see a Morbius oh, Black, movie. Oh no, no. I I I don't. Black I don't necessarily want to see a Morbius movie. But I'm just saying he has a huge gallery of people well, he does but the, the thing, access the thing is is none of those i don't think any of them and i, I even think venom because i know avia rod has been talking about a venom spinoff movie forever and i don't even know how you can do that proper you know unless you forget eddie brock and everything and go right from the symbiote just meeting flash and that's it you know you go in that route because you've got to you know for him to hit eddie brock he's got to be on on peter you know you've got to get that and you're you're already ten movies in at this point because they've already mapped out this this giant movie universe that they're trying to do here. And I I just think they need to kind of keep it simple for a little bit. I, right. I agree. I think Spider Man has got the greatest gallery of 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 people to work with. You know, up up with you know Batman. You know, those two characters. Oh yeah. You know, have that. You know, they have tons of villains that you can go you know they've got tons of a b c d list villains yeah but that, do you, you want know, to see batman's can... villains get their own movies no you don't exactly no you don't and that, they already they proved that with 
with Halle Berry's Catwoman movie. That movie, you, you can't do it. And I, I just think that I agree. They just need to keep it, like I said, keep it simple. Make a Spider-Man movie. Yep. Add to it, but tell a good story. Yeah, you know, I you can add dude. People in. Yeah. That's my fear with this. If they, I don't mind seeing the Shocker make a cameo. Have you know Spider-Man in their first fifteen minutes? But I thought that's what they were doing with the Rhino. I thought it was going to be introducing him. You know, because they showed that. I don't know if anybody's seen that footage from Comic Con. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I've you know, seen where, it. where you see, you know, him pantsing the rhino and all this stuff. And, you know, yeah, it's lighthearted and goofy. Mm-hmm. That, that I thought, was going to be kind of like the intro segment before yeah. the movie got dark. First 15 minutes of the movie, and then, like, after the movie ends, after he defeats Electro, of course, we know that's going to happen. You know, after that happens, then maybe, like, in the end credits scene, we see, you know, like, Paul Giamatti in the rhino suit for the first time. Something like exactly something like that. I mean, it's just like how they should have ended Spider-Man Three. Is when Eddie Brock got the Venom suit and the damn movie. I mean, because then you then you go and you make everything convoluted because now you've got to make the spectacle of a of an ending where all the villains combine. Yeah, you don't. You don't need it. I think they're on the right track, though, dude. I mean, seriously, okay. When we first heard about this movie, it sounded like they were going to put, like, like Gwen Stacy, uh, uh, Mary Jane, and uh, Felicia Hardy all in the same movie. You know, we don't need, you know, uh, all these three female characters from the Spider-Man universe in the same movie. They pulled um, the Mary Jane scenes out of this movie. But it still sounds like we might see... You know, Black Cat in this movie, possibly. Yeah, I guess the the rumor is that she's going to be uh, Harry's girlfriend in this in this movie, or you know, some something to do with Harry, right? Uh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad they took out the Mary Jane stuff because the Gwen stuff is going to have to has going to have to play out. I mean, we've all seen the pictures of her wearing that classic outfit, and right. we all know what happens to her when she wears that outfit, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, but so that's the other thing too. Here, um, you know, they're showing if if you go to that if you go back to the poster, and it's you know Harry as the Goblin because it looks like Dan Dehan from me uh, to me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, I think the poster's bullshit. Going to- I'm going to get into that right now. Okay. Okay. Go go for it. All right. Guys, Sony, they have not done the best job when it comes to the Amazing Spider-Man and uh, as far as like protecting, uh, you know, story details and plot points, things like that. Um, Did you guys hear about about uh, somebody bidding for the storyboard on eBay? No, no. Okay. Okay, good. This is going to be an interesting conversation then. Okay. Um, a lucky fan, um, bid on the, uh, actual storyboard, the supposed actual storyboard for the movie back in September. Um, apparently somebody just walked off the set with it and then they, uh, they took it out of like, uh, one of the actor's trailers and then put it up on eBay. Somebody bought it and pictures of this have been floating around the internet. And I've actually looked at some of the panels from the storyboard. I'm going to talk about them right now. So if you do not want to be spoiled, this can contain many spoilers, possible spoilers. So if you don't want to hear them, fast forward through the podcast. Um, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Spoil the shit out of it. Let's um, it. Until we stop talking about Spider-Man. But one of the scenes, we're going to start now talking about it. One of the scenes was titled 
uh, each of these storyboards is like different panels. It, it looks like a comic book, actually. And uh, underneath these panels, these written panels, you can see like um, uh, descriptions of the panels. But one of the one of the titled uh, one of them was titled "Scene 42: uh, Max's Tablet Kicked Around the Subway." Um, you see. Uh, you know, Electro, he's on the subway and, and he's holding a tablet and he's in between two guys and, and they're talking between him. And, um, and then there's another storyboard scene. It's Harry Osborne. He's driving in his Ferrari super fast. Uh, this girl in the car with him, her name's Tatiana. She goes from laughing to very upset with him being fast and reckless behind the wheel. Um, now this next one is a major spoiler. Um, another panel showed Harry ripping off his shirt and the panel actually said quote the serum burning under his skin then he drops to the ground so harry is the one according to these panels okay i'm gonna this is a big big time spoiler according to these panels harry osborne is the one that becomes the green goblin not his father norman um the panels have him talking to dr menken while he's changing uh, it says angle on Harry's back as his shoulder blades arch back and stick out, claws growing, scratch the floor, rib cage extruding, skin starts morphing and discoloring, fangs grow out. And then in that panel with the fangs, you see a close up of them and you see that he looks like the goblin in the comics. He's not wearing, you know, green Iron Man armor like he did in Spider-Man. He's actually a monster. He's even got, like, a hooked, wicked, witch-looking nose that he does in the comics. Um, so that's why I think that poster is bullshit. It, it doesn't look anything like the um, pictures that I saw in those storyboards. It looked like James Franco as Dane DeHaan in Spider-Man 3. But yeah. these were just the drawing storyboards, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. See, yeah. but it's it, it, the part of the storyboards is him drinking or injecting this serum that changes him. And in the trailer, even in the trailer, you do see that part of his foot his foot, yeah. turn green. So that's why I think that poster is bullshit because of the storyboard. I mean, if, if what you're describing is true, if that's really how it happens, then then we're all in for a fucking treat because it sounds awesome. Are you kidding? That's going to be crazy. Yeah. Like th- that was one of the lamest parts about Spider-Man. Like the first Spider-Man was amazing. I loved every part of it. I mean, I remember sitting in that theater. I was that was one of the first movies I waited in line for. And I'm finally in there and I'm watching this movie and everything is great, but the goblin's kind of lame. Yeah, he's kind of lame. It's William Willem Dafoe has got a great voice for it, but yeah, the way he looked, yeah, the, it, yeah. Just, it looked kind of lame. And I was like, man, it's like it's like it's like they just did like the X Men treatment. You know, they had like this leatherish kind of padded armor and this goofy helmet. But I mean, if you're talking about someone actually changing their physical form and like mutating into something, that's going to be crazy. That's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. A little. What do you that. think? But here's here's my question. Yeah. Where, that's what I'm wondering. Like again, if we go back to what you said with the German poster, the rise of Electro, we know as fans that Electro, yeah, Electro is a great villain. He's a B villain. Goblin's an A villain, right? Yeah, yeah. So 
there, I don't I don't see this being a Marvel team up of villains right no, now. Absolutely not. You know. Oh no, so, no, no, no. So is this how? Which I think one of the best cliffhangers was you know at the end of Spider Man Two when when Harry found where James Franco's Harry found the Goblin Lair. You know, great cliffhanger. If this is the cliffhanger, I'm all in. Oh, that would, I, yeah. I think oh, I think yeah. this is how, and this is again. You tell me a good story, and then you leave me with this to go in, going further. I'm all in. Right. My only question is, we had so much to do with saving Norman Osborn in the first one. Why is Harry the one transforming in the second one? I mean, it, it's kind of where, kind of how they drop off the the un quote unquote the untold story of of Peter Parker with his parents. Uh, that whole thing, you know, I want to know how they're going to tie all this up. You know, it seems that there, there, there's so many things going on and everything has been, everything has been Jamie Foxx's electro and that's what they've been showing. And, and hey, maybe that's great smoke and mirrors because, you know, they've been showing us a lot. I mean, Mark Webb is not afraid to show us on Twitter what the hell he's doing because, you know, you're getting Ravencroft, uh, um, pictures, and if people out there don't know, Ravencroft is basically the Marvel Universe's Arkham Asylum. Yeah, it's the prison. I mean, it's, it's the prison for Spider-Man's rogues. Exactly, and and you know, it just seems like I, I don't. I mean, for them to do this right, this movie's gonna have to be like, you know, Lord of the Rings length. You know, you're looking at almost three hours. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. Well, yeah, well, I, th- I think I, this movie's gonna I be. I want it to be. <laughs> I think, this, I think this is going to be more of Dane DeHaan or his Harry Osborn becoming the Goblin. You know, like maybe maybe this movie is more of his journey, and and that's how we we do end the movies is when he's taking those final steps to take that mantle um, or become the Goblin, even if his dad hasn't become it before him. Yeah, because um, we don't maybe know. Maybe maybe Norman Osborn does do it, but he only does it like once or twice, and then gets gets murked out real quick. You know, you, we don't know yet. So. But the big you're, twist, you're I mean, we find out that Norman Osborn, if, if these storyboards are correct, it's not Norman Osborn who's the Green Goblin. It's it's Harry. Well, it's it's at least Harry there, but who knows? It could be Norman before that or after that or, or it's, that's it's some just, other that, point. That goes to back to what Lil's saying. It's like that's just too much to put into one movie. Yeah, they've already, Who knows? It's all speculation. They've been mapping these this movie out three ahead now. I mean – in my mind, this is basically what the trilogy they, they wanted to start with. You know, they did Amazing Spider-Man to basically keep the rights with Sony. They had yeah, to do it yeah. because they were going to lose it back to Marvel. So they had to do it. They wanted a reboot. It's why I'm giving a lot of it a pass in the story because they wanted a they, – they didn't want to tell the Raimi story because it was still so fresh. You still see it on TB, TNT and TBS all the damn time, and I still love it. Yeah. Um, so but they had but- to – they had to do something different. But so like, I give them the pass, but this but, is uh, a <laughs> they're trying to put together. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, Steve. No, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I keep they, trying to interrupt they're you. They're putting this trilogy together already, if, if you want to call two, three, and four, whatever they're going to plan on doing it. And I, I just don't want them to blow their load so early on this because they want to they want to make everyone happy. You know, they want to, oh, we got to get Electro in. We got to get Rhino in. We got to get Shocker in. Goblins in we you know we've we've casted you know Chris Cooper as um, as Norman Dan DeHaan exactly. we've got exactly. everybody in this movie you know what we're gonna cut Mary Jane out 
because you know <laughs> because of this. So then now you take out you take out the love triangle aspect of it. That's good though. Just fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We don't need I'm not that. Complaining need about that. it because that. If I want that, I'll watch Twilight for crying out loud. <laughs> we don't need the love yeah, triangle. But I, you're not going to cast. You're not going to cast a Chris Cooper and only have him lay in bed for part of Spider Man Two and let his that, kid have all the glory. So there's got to be more to that. That's exactly where I was going, and, and I was going to say you, you take the love triangle out, which is fine, because you want to focus on this issue, which is what I loved about Spider Man. It was about it was about fathers. And Norman being the father of Harry, Peter not having Peter losing his father figure in, in Uncle Ben. That's why I love Spider-Man one so much. It was it was not a, you know yes I love you know the, the effects everything. It was seeing Spider-Man you know swinging in action, but there was so much more to that story. And they need I mean that's how it's always been in this because even in the comics you know when they both found out who was who, Norman always had a thing for Peter. Norman always wanted Peter to to team up with him. Even though when he hated him and was trying to kill him, you could always get that feeling that, that he always wanted wished he was Harry instead of who Harry was. And they need to bring that out in this. And you can't have yeah, like you said, Chris Cooper laying in a bed for half a movie or the whole movie and just having it all the kids get in the glory. It's it's gotta be Norman. Um yeah, it's just, just in the just in the casting alone, you're just you're not going to cast somebody like that that can bring that crazy and not utilize that. Definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, again, and, and, and hey, if they surprise me and he pulls it off and they do some kind of weird twist with it, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on it right now because I think that they they can do some changes to it. I'm not one of those that say, "Oh, you've got to do it this because this is how it was in the comics." I'm not like that. But when you when you've got this kind of story, you know, you, you you've got to go that way. It's just like them changing, you know, the the bat. You know, if they wanted to do the Batman version with Jason Todd, where the Joker, you know, blows him up, and you know, and going through all that, and then they change it, you know, and saying, you know, what we'll have. You know Harley Quinn doing it. You know it's it just it's not the same. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say at least that that everybody here. I mean, are we all excited for more on this? I mean, I'm I can't wait for this movie. Well, so. this new news that's coming out has made me excited for it. I mean, I wasn't excited for it, but like you know, reading the viral stuff, even seeing that possibly real slash fake poster has gotten me excited for it. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and just even the storyboards that were released, um, on the internet. I mean, I tried to actually see like the listing for the storyboard on eBay and it was taken down, but like, this is a real deal. Like somebody sold a storyboard for it. I mean, the art looks legit. Like it's a actual storyboard that goes through the entire film. So somebody, they bought this, they can actually pretty much read the entire film. What's going to happen? Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. You know, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait, and I really hope that you're right about this poster being bullshit because I, I, I want more. You know, I want more out of the Rhino and, and the Green Goblin than than what's on that poster. Absolutely. So. You, know, you know what? Also to toss in, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm flipping through one right now. I just got an update on uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, and it, it revealed like a new synopsis of the movie and kind of a, a starring cast list, and they actually excluded. Chris Cooper's name from the the, the, the top what? billing. What? Um, and it's saying here <laughs> that could it be, you know, as the case of Woodley, 
yeah. you know, with Norman Osborn not yeah. appearing in the film, we're not sure. Or could it be that maybe he's taken that in this, this movie, maybe his character is taking more of a back seat? Um, yeah, that's pretty wild, man. That is. That's I'll crazy. This, at this point, they, I'm either going to love it or I'm going to hate it. They, they're going to get me one of one of either way. I don't know, man. I I, I mean, Mark Webb is kind of like uh, he's a wild card, man. Because like, I, I I love what he can do with characters. Like when when he's given free reign and and able to just work with characters, I love what he can do. I I, I loved uh, what was it? Was it Five Hundred Days of Summer? Was that the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, and that, that was movie. actually one of the strongest parts of the Amazing Spider-Man was the Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker relationship that worked. It worked yes. well on screen. That's not what I go to movies to see. That's not my cup. You know, I'm not a romantic comedy kind of person, but but that worked. That yeah, you got to admit that that's that's a better love story on screen than um, <laughs> than that weird the, Tobey Maguire Kirsten Dunst nonsense. That and that even was yeah, it, it was it was garbage because I think like uh, you know she had better chemistry with James Fran- Franco like that scene where they're like cooking and stuff like that. They had better chemistry than Toby yeah. Maguire. And like, well, yeah, he, she cooks with James Franco and Toby Maguire punches her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and then like, even like Thor and like Jane Foster in the movies, like they don't have like this amazing chemistry. It's not bad, but it's not like, I think that's what I think Mark Webb is really good at is like creating that chemistry between two characters. Yeah, and I think I think he's gonna he's gonna run wild with that. With the especially if like what we've seen from the Comic Con trailers, you've seen Chris Cooper in bed, so you know that he's sick with something at some point. And so Dane DeHaan's, you know, his Harry Osborn's not gonna have a father figure right there next to him, the same as Peter Parker. So they're gonna have some definite bonding things to move forward in their relationship throughout the films. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. What if what if in this? And I'm just throwing this out there, just because I'm I'm thinking about this more because we're talking about. Chris Cooper and what he would bring. What if you know we do get Dane Dane DeHaan or Harry as as the Goblin in this, but 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 he dies in this, and it leads up to you can't do that. That's the biggest movie mistake ever. The Goblin, the Goblin is Bat. Okay, Batman's got the Joker. Spider Man's got the Goblin. You kill off the I Goblin. That, but what I'm what I'm saying is maybe the serum is not already and maybe he takes it because he doesn't want his dad to take it you know he just takes well, we, it we can and, have a lot of fun and maybe like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah no, i don't know right. the thing is, is maybe he dies but norman still becomes the official goblin because you're right <laughs> joker is for i mean i i guess you would say the goblin is spider-man's joker you don't um, cast Dane DeHaan to have him killed off and then Chris Cooper take over. You do the yeah, opposite. Especially because especially because there isn't a, another villain in this movie. You're not going to hire Dane DeHaan to get killed off in a movie where he's not even the main villain. Right. There's True. no way. True. There's I mean, no way. But again, I, I No, no, no. I, I know what you're saying, man. I, you're playing I devil's mean, advocate. There's got to be something here. There's, there's okay. got to be something we got, right. we got, we got to. I think we got to move on away from this. We're going to keep going on yeah. Spider Man Two for, for all night if we keep going. No, if we keep going on, uh, seriously, we're going to keep talking about it until it actually comes out in theaters. You know, like <laughs> for, for real. But I can't wait to do a podcast on Amazing Spider Man Two. I cannot oh, man, wait, dude. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. But <laughs> no pun intended, right? <laughs> you don't even know. I mean, I know you said that you waited out in line. I I did too, and I brought twenty people with me for the first Spider Man. I mean, it was uh, yeah. I mean, these yeah. movies. I saw an IMAX, this, man. 
he he's what made me into a geek. This do you remember? Man. Do you remember the first trailer? I remember I went and saw Jurassic Park three at the theater, and, and the best part of that movie was the damn first trailer for Spider Man, and it was the one where there was like a bank heist. And, yeah, with the train. And, yeah, and the and the helicopter goes and it's taken off, and then boom, it gets caught in this big ass spider web between the World Trade Center. That was like the craziest. I'm looking right Dang. now at oh, the, man. the movie poster, the the one that they took off um, of the market because he's got the Trade Center yeah. in his eyes, the reflection. I, I got it right here, framed in my in my room. Yeah, they had I to mean, take that yeah, out of the I mean, movie because of the what happened on September 11th. You know the that was the best part of a uh, that was the best part of uh, the whole Jurassic Park uh, the three movie that I saw in the theater was the Spider Man. Whatever, dude. Up. Sam Neil coming back. <laughs> Sam Neil. Sam oh, Neil. God. Those weird fuck that man exactly <laughs> that movie sucked dick holy crap it was we, bad. are we are we really saying that we can stop a spinosaurus with a with a deadbolt like a like a lock they locked the door and the dinosaur couldn't get in <laughs> like it it broke through a, like four fences to get to you and all right they just shut the door uh, all okay. right speaking of Jurassic Park yes perfect segue <laughs> Steve see that. That's how it's done. That's how you podcast, man. Loved it. Go for it, Steve. So speaking of Jurassic Park, today we heard a quote from uh, the director of Jurassic Park, uh, Trevor... Colin. Colin Trevorrow. He is Colin Trevorrow. Yes, he directed a movie that I saw in theaters last summer with my girlfriend. We went and saw Safety Safety Not Not Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, which uh, awesome. great movie, um, and uh, this film, the new uh, Jurassic Park World, they're going to just call it Jurassic World, I believe. Yeah, Jurassic World. It's going to reunite Colin Trevorrow with um, Jake Johnson, who was in uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Which guys, remember how we were talking about uh, Jurassic Park last week, and you guys were talking about wanting to see um, uh, Jeff Goldblum come back into this film. Yeah, I think that Jake Johnson is going to take on that Jeff Goldblum mantle. I think that's what I think that I think he's, he's going to be fill the, that character. Yes, yes. I think he's going to fill that character trope. Absolutely. Well, can, awesome. He um, can do what, it. What we heard what we heard this week was that that the movie is actually going to take place twenty two years after. The disastrous events of the first film. Yes. So it's actually going to be real time. Real time. Yeah. 22 years later. It's yes. not going to be a reboot. It is going to be a quasi-sequel um, canon. And so, yeah, I mean, th- that's that's awesome, right? I mean, yes. that's great. Steve, thank you for finding this news. I mean, I didn't see this. This is one of those uh, news articles that escaped me. So thank you for this. Um, it was, you know, Colin Trevorrow, he, he got on Twitter. He said, reboot is a strong word. This is a new sci-fi terror adventure set 22 years after the horrific events of Jurassic Park. Um, so, you know, I mean, since he said the words reboot is a strong word, that does make me believe that in a character from the original trilogy is going to make an appearance in this that way in some capacity exactly and that kind of proves that it is it is not a reboot um so maybe we will get like a maybe we will get a cameo like a small cameo from like jeff goldblum or one of these fan favorites um i can't see jeff goldblum being a big 
character in this film, but maybe maybe we'll get a cameo appearance. Well, um, and you can because I mean, going back to Jurassic Park three, you had Sattler, you had um, you know Ellie Sattler in the movie, but she wasn't on the island. Right. You know, she was she was in the movie, but she wasn't where she was in a, a eating distance. That's true. So, um, yeah. That's you, could have, my, you, could have, my, you could have an old an old face. Yeah. Here's my question though. Now, because because of how his how he said his quote that this is set 22 years after the horrific events of Jurassic Park. Okay. Do you think that they're pulling a Halloween H2O type thing and forgetting the events of Jurassic Park 2 and 3? Because if I was saying that this was like a continuation, I would say that you know this happened. You know this is you know after the events of how many years after Jurassic Park three because you've introduced new dinosaurs and new things like that. I mean, I know I don't think they were at was it Island Nublar? Yeah, Island Nublar is in the no the 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 there is the. Uh, there's two islands, and the, uh, the uh, Jurassic Park 3 The second three and third se- movie take place on the same island, and yes. the first one's on a different one. Yes, Isla Nublar okay, so is the one from the first one. Yep. I'm just wondering if they, they I don't know, it's a, you know, retcon everything out, but just forget what happened. I don't know if you could because of all the in-gen stuff that was going on, but... You know, with with like you know who owned what, and that right. might play a factor into how they could get some sort of a theme park up and running to begin with. I think they're going to reference the first movie a lot in this one. I think because oh, like they that, have to. yeah, I mean, they, they're they, going to be they like, okay, we, yeah, to. we're gonna we've learned from our mistakes from like what happened. Blah blah yeah, blah. It's going to be it's going to be the Titanic. It's going to be you know unsinkable. This yeah, exactly. Foolproof. Yep. There's no way we've learned from all our mistakes. We've, yep. All this stuff and shit is still going to go crazy yeah exactly we're, we're still gonna have like you know what uh nature finds a way you know what i mean i mean it's still gonna happen in this movie um did you guys know that remember the old dude that you know financed jurassic park from the first movie the old guy uh yeah. hammond he's still alive <laughs> i looked at his imdb.com just like a couple months ago dude is still alive uh that's your 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 fascination with that was good <laughs> you're, you're so surprised well, by dude, it. He's, well, seriously, he was old back then, man. <laughs> yeah, he's 90 years old. I'm looking at it right now. Holy Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he will be the one that connects it. He maybe comes maybe back. he'll have like a Stan Lee cameo. He'll be like a, just like somebody in the background. Well, if he does come back, he needs to be eaten. Yeah. What he did in the first one. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, those. I don't think those kids will come back. They haven't had much work in Hollywood since, have they? Well, I mean, that's really. And that, but that's that's really the only Jurassic Park news is that we know is that it's going to be twenty two years later. We still don't know really anything about the story well, other than it's named guys, Jurassic World and it's twenty two years later. And it's going to be it's going to be filmed in three D and it's got a great cast so far: Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas that's, Howard, Ty Simpkins. Is that going to be gravity level three D? Like must see in three D. Well, guys, okay. If they would have said this Spielberg. is going to be this is going to be post converted 3D, would you be as excited? No, no. no. But they're no. saying that this is going to be th- filmed in 3D. That, Dinosaurs in 3D sounds yes. pretty sweet. Yes, yes. I'm okay. I'm a ten year old kid. I'm going to the theater for the first time um, to to see a Jurassic Park movie. Well, I've already seen Jurassic Park at home with like my family. What's the only thing that's going to one up that? 
boom, 3D. Not post-converted, but actual filmed in 3D. I mean, you're going to be able to – like if, if a T-Rex is coming at you, it's it's going to scare the crap out of you. That's what I want to see. I want to see a T-Rex in my face. That's what I want to see. And I think that they're going to deliver on this. I mean, Colin Trevorrow, you've got Spielberg coming back to produce. Um, I'm excited. And, and the casting has got me even more excited. You know, um, Chris Pratt, uh, uh, Ty Simpkins, he's the kid from Iron Man 3. Jake Johnson, I'm a big fan of him on New Girl. And then I liked him in Safety Not Guaranteed. I like anything he's involved in. Um, and then Nick Robinson. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see this movie. You guys there? Here we go. We've got the top six answers on the board. Name something you know about zombies. Christy. Black. They're black. Okay. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We had some technical difficulties, lost the phone call, but we're gonna we're back right now. We're gonna talk about the Walking Dead, the season in general, and then the Walking Dead midseason finale that aired last night, uh, Sunday. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've talked to you know Jay and Jake who were on the podcast with me about you know their thoughts about the Walking Dead and how it started out this season. Uh, I wasn't too happy the way the season started out. Uh, so far, um, I didn't really start to enjoy the episodes until they got to the Herschel episode. It was kind of like a spotlight Herschel episode a few episodes ago, um, where he's you know taking care of the uh, um, you know the uh, people inside the prison when they're diagnosed with this you know horrible flu, and and he's in that wing of the prison taking care of them and helping them and and. Uh, that that's the episode that kind of kicked it off for me. I think all the episodes leading up to that were were kind of clunky in their setup, and 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 I wasn't too wasn't too happy with the way the season was going. I don't think that the showrunner Scott Gimple really started to show off what he could do until that Herschel episode, and I think each episode after that incrementally got better. But uh, I, I want to know your guys' thoughts on on uh, the Walking Dead, you know, season. Uh, we're in, is this season four? Yeah, season four. Holy yeah. crap. Season yeah, four. season four. What are your guys' thoughts on this season, uh, so far? And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, Alil, Steve, what, what are you guys thinking? Um, I'll start real quick. All um, right, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking where it's headed. Um, I'm really liking it so far. It start. it did start off kind of slow and, you know, you, you know, there's, there's still lots of new faces you're still getting to learn. Who everybody is, and um, it's. But you're right. The last few episodes have really picked picked up. Especially like I wasn't sure how I was going to deal with this the whole flu thing because it just seems like it's like uh, one thing after another. You know what I mean? Like it's like and and some of the things that should be huge problems aren't. Like the, the looks like the fence is like coming down, and they're right. just like chit chatting on the side. I'm like, why aren't you guys like freaking the fuck out about that? <laughs> like the fence is going to break right now. Right. So um, th- there was a little bit of things that were off about that, but but the the last few episodes really, I mean, we'll get into the finale a little bit later, but th- they've really picked up. Um, and you're right, the Herschel spotlight. I mean, that's when it started. That's when it when it took a turn for yeah. the better. Yeah, yeah. 
I agree with you. I mean, it, it started off slow, and I, and I think the reason why is because they they had to they they had to introduce you to to more people, and I think they had to kind of build it up. It, it was a it was a really slow build, but I think the the thing is is I can I can tolerate a slow build for a, a great payoff, and I think that's what they were doing here too. But have we really gotten to know these other characters that are in the prison? I mean, most of them have uh, most of them have died. I mean, you know, what I agree, we- and, I, and I think you were supposed to feel for them in those those other episodes, and then seeing, and, and then like you go back to that Herschel spotlight episode, mm-hmm. which I, I again when that when I saw that episode when I was I was catching up to the seasons. Um, I saw that I, I, I was like, okay, this is where this is taking us, you know. Right. And, and, I, and I gave it. To, I, I think the show earned being able to, to, to slow play. You know, this this show. It, it's not. You know, it's not twenty eight days later. It's not Dawn of the Dead. It's not that because you know that's one conceived story. This is trying to tell you how these people would have survived, how we would survive if this would happen, what we would be doing. And not every not every episode is going to be exciting. You're going to be have a lot of chit chat. You're going to have a lot of slow time. And I think it was it was playing with that. And I think that's what I was when I was watching it. I was I was trying to figure out what the end game here was. What were they What were they doing? And then that Herschel episode it, it, it got me because they might not have executed it perfectly, but I think what you were supposed to do is you were supposed to you were supposed to start feeling for some of these people, especially the girls. Um, like you did early on in this show, you know, when it first started in season one and season two for, for, for the group of people that we've fallen in love with. Right. I think that's what they were trying to do. Um, but, but, but you're right. I mean, the, the turning point of the season was that episode with Herschel. Um, and then it, then it, it, it picked up, it picked up great. I mean, and I know a lot of people on, on, you know, I, I was reading a lot of, uh, message boards and even, even friends who, who watched the show were really upset with the with the season and and I, I didn't understand it you know especially cuz the Herschel episode already aired but I think that they've you know a lot of people expect zombies you know fighting a lot of big things going on and they they can't handle a slower episode no um, I like I that character development I just don't think that like you know I think that they did a better job in two episodes of the governor episodes getting me familiar with the characters in the governor's camp than they did mm-hmm. ever did with getting me familiar with the new characters in the prison with uh, yes, Rick. I, 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 and I, and I, I agree. I agree with you. There. I, I agree. It was, it was, I know okay. what they were trying yeah. to do. Okay. Got, they, they missed. Bob's they an alcoholic. Missed. I get it. That's all I got out of that though. Was yeah. that <laughs> that new character of Bob is an alcoholic? But you know what? I could tell you everything about the characters in the Governor episodes. You know, yeah. uh, Mitch is uh, he he tries to boast that he's a bigger badass than he really is. Uh, Pete, so Pete is uh, not a great leader, but you know uh, wants to be a leader. But at the same time, he's not a great leader, and he's a pushover. Um, you know, and I could tell you more about the two women, uh, you know, the, the lesbian character that we were introduced to, and then the, the the love interest that the governor has, and then the Megan, the little girl that was like the new Penny. I could tell you more about those characters in two episodes than I could tell you about any of the new characters in the prison with Rick and them after six episodes. That's a little yeah. fucked up, and that's why I think that it was clunky at the beginning of setting everything up. 
It you, was. You had you had Carol's whole the whole guy that that she uh, agreed to take care of his girls and stuff like yeah. Like I I needed to know more about that guy. Like when he was like take care of him. Like who's he talking about at first? You know, like what's what's happening? So yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm and, all and about I'm like not saying that go ahead. it was perfect. I agree with you completely yeah. that they missed. I mean, they they missed it. They, if they would have put the effort in like they did with those two and, and I, those two governor governor episodes, I was just I was just floored because I thought, wow, you know, everything was clicking. Like the cast was great. I was so into it. Even when nothing was happening, you know, they were just talking or when when they first took in the governor and I'm watching him get, you know, get served SpaghettiOs and just his reaction to everything. I was just like, right. wow, it just it just it just it sucked me in. You're right. I mean, but again, I, I gave it the pass because sometimes you sometimes with these series, you've got to give it because you know what? You, you don't know how people are going to mesh. You know what you're trying to do. I can see what they're trying to do. It didn't work. Pacing didn't work. Some of the acting didn't work. The the people meshing didn't work. Um, but I, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get us to feel for them when the, the flu outbreak happened and people were dying left and right. And we and we didn't. And I, and I, and I understand that. I completely am with that. There was a lot of that, foreshadowing. There was yeah. a yeah there, in that in that Herschel episode. There was a lot of foreshadowing. Like I even said, like I was asked by a listener, like who I thought was going to die this season, and I said, uh, you know, and spoilers, guys, if you haven't seen the midseason finale, we're going to talk about it. But I was asked by a listener, like you know, who do I think is going to die this season? And one of my guesses was Herschel, and it was because of uh, the fact that. You know, like, we didn't see, you know, when uh, Beth's boyfriend, Zach, died in that first episode, uh, the mid, the the season premiere, when they went on that scouting uh, mission uh, to get, you know, supplies and things like that. And then Zach died because of, you know, Bob uh, and the whole, you, you guys remember that scene. Bob had to get yeah. that wine. He had, had to, to get, get that it. wine, exactly. And so, like, that that's what led to Zach's death. And then we we barely saw a reaction out of Beth, and then you know like you know Carl, we barely got a reaction out of like Carl when his mom died. You know, there's things like I think like that that foreshadow like a death is going to happen in these you know shows that like it's going to force a reaction out of these characters. You know, like they aren't. Well, and it's com- also it's also foreshadowing that like the kids in this world. They're not growing, you know. When when the adults are all dead and gone, I mean, the people that inherit the world are gonna be. They're gonna have some fucking issues. Yeah, man. I mean, they are not gonna know how to handle stuff the way that we conventionally do now. So, um, I think that's that's a whole another crazy part of that show is it's just showing you that there's a big disconnect. I mean, they have no problem just murdering people if they have to. Which which you have to do in this world. You do. You know, it's like and, we- and speaking of that, speaking of that, do you guys agree with Rick's decision on Carol? No. Right. Fucking thank you. That was bullshit. Well, okay. Number number. Got to say. Okay. It was bullshit. You know. Do, I, okay, I, number I, number one. Do you guys think that Carol actually did it? I mean, I. I think so. I mean, I don't know why she would lie about it. She had nobody to cover up for. Her. I don't think Lizzie. Had it. Lizzie. 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 That that girl's fucked up, guys. Okay. Oh, the girl. You think she's the one? Wow, she might have been feeding the rats and dissecting the rats. And all she's that the shit one too. everybody's been thinking has been feeding you the rats. She, but do you think that she could have 
fucking drag that chick out of her cell and out there and lit him on fire and all that stuff by herself? Shit, dude. That's a good question. But, like, that's what a lot of people are thinking that, like, Lizzie was involved in the murders. Like, she, she could have, like, we've already seen that they'd have guns with silencers, right? We already seen yeah. Lizzie, you know, take some people out in this last episode. Why couldn't she? Yeah, but yeah, dragging dragging Karen and that other dude. Yeah, it wasn't. They didn't just find a murder. I mean, they were dragged out and right. burned. Yeah, so I, I just don't know. She she definitely have to have help. So she might be covering up for that. But okay, okay, okay. Maybe Carol helped. Maybe Carol helped drag and burn the bodies. Okay, maybe Lizzie. Maybe Lizzie yeah. popped them. Lizzie em. killed them. And yes. Carol tried to cover it up. Yes. That could be. That could be. That could be. And then so or, instead of instead of Carol. You know, like, uh, you know, ratting on these girls, no pun intended with her and Lizzie and the rats, but like, instead of her, like, calling, the, like, saying, like, Lizzie did this, and then, then, how are they, what are they gonna do with these girls if, like, the girls were the ones that actually did this? You know, sending these girls out into the world by themselves. Carol would feel better going out into the world by herself than, in, instead of, Instead of these girls, these girls wouldn't make it a day. I think I think Daryl, I think Daryl needs to get out there and, and find Carol, and they need to have they want they want to make the Daryl and Carol spinoff. I'll watch that shit. I, I, just, I honestly I I don't <laughs> We're out of the prison. We're out of the prison. I'll watch the Daryl and Carol show all day. Well, well you, you might you might get it because yeah, I'm, I'm telling you next uh, or the beginning of the next part of the season. I mean it. Everybody's going to be separated for the whole season. There's yeah, no you've got okay. You, you've got Tyrese who still doesn't know. I mean, it almost came out, but there was other you know pressing issues at that time that Tyrese wanted to tell Rick about. You know, Tyrese yeah. still doesn't know that that's why Carol was sent away. He does. Does he even know Carol yeah. was sent away? I don't, no, he has no idea. Right, <laughs> right. They were about to tell him in that that tank. You know. The tank went off. So right, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. You know what? I think Rick's decision, in a way, was right because yeah. that dude would have killed her. Oh hell yeah, dude! Yeah, I mean, you saw what he did to both. No, Rick I, and I Carol. think definitely he could have had her. But there, that, that's a big ass prison. He could have had her separated somewhere until they figured out a way to make that work. Because she really did. I mean, you're living in that world. She really did have the group's best interest. I mean, okay. it, obviously, it didn't do anything because everybody still got sick, anyways. Well, but that's 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 assuming that Carol did it. Okay. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, okay. True. Let's say things. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. Let's say she's covering it up, and Lizzie actually did do it. But you know, Carol covers it up and says, you know, um, you know, Lizzie didn't do it or whatever. I did it. Tyrese kills her, and then come to find out Lizzie's like I did it I killed them and then Tyrese has got Carol's death on his hands then he can't kill this little girl so, killed, yeah killed him shot him right right in the head yeah cause she don't give a fuck yeah Lizzie don't give a shit that, <laughs> Lizzie's badass Lizzie's got Man, a two gun two shots I was, t- I was talking about we were, I was watching that episode earlier today we DV- I didn't watch it last night I watched it earlier today cause I wanted it to be fresh in my head and um, I was I was telling my wife when we were watching. I'm like, man, nobody is hitting anybody. Like, we're in the post apocalyptic times, but they got a bunch of spare bullets because they're just shooting like wild, and nobody's hitting anybody. And then Lizzie just walks out, and she only pulls the trigger twice, and two deaths right there. I mean, <laughs> boom, right. boom, done. I'm like, you need to put her in charge. She knows what she's doing. 
Something just does not sit well with me with her, though. I mean, if she's the one that's like feeding the rats to the walkers at the fence, I mean, that's that's messed up. When she I mean, did, and, she and said she, that she was she was sad that that one walker got killed. Yeah, she, she was naming them. Like the one yeah. had the name tag, and she was naming them. Uh, it's it's crazy, but then we have to wait till February. What, there's another thing. What do you guys think about this mid-season break thing? This mid-season two-month. Now we're gonna take a break. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, I'm honestly okay fine with it. with it. I'm okay with it as long like like we were talking about last week. Because if they didn't do a break like this, you would get a bunch more filler episodes. I mean, because they wouldn't just give you, you know, you know, all sixteen episodes. And call it a day. They want to string this out and, and build up, you know, build it up to keep it going, right? Uh, because if you if you kept it going and let's say you ended whatever eight weeks from now, so let's just say you know end of January, beginning of February, and we've got to wait from February to to uh, to September again or October for them to start back up. You're, you're gonna have people dropping off. Well, guys, we've got holidays coming up. We got Christmas, we got New Year's, and then we got the Super Bowl. They just want to avoid yeah. all that bullshit, okay? Yeah, and yeah, I, and I, I mean, you know what? And I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. they they, they want to avoid all that. They want to get the best ratings they can. You know, I mean, you can't compete against the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't Come even right care. Back, right back in Valentine's Day, right? What exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine on. with it. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it, and, and, and they're doing it right. I mean, they're, the ratings for this last episode, I think it was like 12 and a half or 12.1 million viewers. Right. And, the, and you, you know they're going to have a Walking Dead marathon before they start up again. Yep. When they so, have a, so, and that'll get more viewers. But, you know, it gives more people time to catch up on it. I think they do – AMC does it right every year. Like, uh, you know, of course they have the DVDs come out, you know, you can catch the shows, uh, through, you know, they'll have like these walking dead marathons. So if you haven't caught the walking dead, you can catch up on it with these marathons. And so by the time they come out with like, you know, like the second half of season four, everybody's caught up with it. And that way they get their ratings blow up, you know, and AMC really needs these walking dead ratings right now. You know, they've lost breaking bad. I mean, mad, mad men isn't getting like what it used to as far as viewership and, and mad men's not going to be around forever. So, you know, walking dead right now is their bread and butter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than um, okay, so what have you guys thought of this season overall? I mean, is it? I mean, if we're gonna rate it, if we're gonna rate this season, like let's say this first half of the season, if we're gonna rate it a uh, toss it, taste it, or Tupperware, how would you rate this season overall? Um, I'll start, um, and I will give it a Tupperware. I mean, it started off like in the beginning, you know, maybe it would be a taste it because it was starting off kind of slow. But I mean, the last. The last three episodes, the last three or four episodes, man, I mean, it ended on such a high note and so much stuff happened. I mean, it's, it's, you have to see it. You gotta see it. If you're a fan of the show, you gotta see it. So, Tupperware for me. What do you yeah, think, Alo? I'm with, I'm with you on the Tupperware. I mean, it, it, the last episode alone, um, just how everything went down. Took took those first four episodes where where we were kind of dragging what you know it, it was missing. That one episode took care of those four episodes. Yeah, and then we've got we got the Herschel story, which I thought was great, and then the two governor episodes. I mean this this season 
overall, yeah, it's a definite Tupperware. I mean, especially if you're a fan, there, there's nothing here to complain about. Yes, you you talk about the the early problems, but if you look at it as a as a whole, and I think what we're leading up to in this in the next half, this is a definite Tupperware. I'm gonna have to say, if I look at the beginning, the way the season started, uh, I'm gonna say I tossed the first few episodes of the season like the first two three episodes i thought were garbage then i saw and then i thought like as you got to the middle it was a taste it and then these last few episodes are a tupperware but i think those first few episodes i think they're i I find no value in them at all i i don't think that they did a good job of getting you used to like the new people introducing these new people into the uh, walking dead universe um i still think that you know, we still know very little to nothing about Tyrese, and Tyrese is an amazing character in the comic book. And yeah, I think- and his 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 whole like shtick, his whole like motivation, like the whole sitting in the car when they ran into that horde of zombies, like all that stuff, like none of it even makes sense. You're like, what are you doing? All it was was like, like why okay, are we just moving along. Like, what Ty- are you doing? Yeah, Tyrese wields his hammer in the comic book, and that's all they used it for. Was like, okay, let's show this really cool hammer scene where like you know it's hammer time, and he fucking kills a bunch of zombies with his hammer. That well, was wouldn't have to do that if he just would have got out of the fucking car and quit moping. Honestly, like, I think <laughs> he was thinking about just you know like ending it all at that point in time which i don't know i mean dude i don't know i think yeah i i just i just did it yeah me either i didn't i I didn't feel it either he'd been talking to this chick for like a few weeks maybe a month or two you know yeah they just they just he just like i just wanted to get to know you and she's like you did and they kissed and i'm like oh that's cute and then he's like now he's like devastated. I'm like, bro, yeah. that was yesterday. Exactly, like, I get dude. It, but like that was I get yesterday. Like, because love on. is going to be hard to come by in the zombie apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. Because like, well, the person sure, yeah. you love today could next day could be the person that like bites your neck and turns you into a fucking zombie and shit. But <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, I don't know. I, I just I, I really don't think that they did a great job with the character development in the scenes in the prison, which you can say like, okay, they don't want to go too much into character development because these characters are going to die off because I, of the flu. I, well, I, I liked, um, there were some things though that I did like Carl as a character. I, I liked him yeah. better. I think this, I think I liked him the most in this season. I don't really think I liked him as a character throughout the show up until this season. I think he's really, there were some scenes like when the zombies broke through the fence and he was taking them out with his dad and stuff. And there was scenes when he was like, that was he cool. tossed his dad the clip and his dad was just watching his son mow these zombies down. It was like this, it was like a, it was like a playing catch moment, you know, it was like this total father son moment, but they were m- mowing zombies down with machine guns. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was just a really cool scene. So I, well, I really like where they're going with Carl at least. And, yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the, some of the things I give it, you know, I, I give it with Carl. I, I, I did enjoy him, and I was shocked because I, I can tell you, you know, if we were talking about season two or season three, I, I kind of, you know, I just didn't didn't care for him at all. Um, but you know, also seeing just Rick go through what what he's gone through and kind of just him dealing with that and him, you know, the council then him taking charge again and it just it's just little things. And again, yeah, I'm I'm with you. If we were talking about the first four episodes and that's where we were leaving it, it'd be a complete toss it. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm looking at, at, at it as a whole, you know, it's, it's just like you look at a movie. Sometimes the movie starts out slow. Sometimes things go weird. But if it gives me that ending, 
yeah, I'm going to come back and see it. I think I'm going to I'm going to give it what it what it what it, I'm going to give it the mistake it made if it pays off at the end, and I think this one definitely paid off. I think Scott Gimple had to fix some of the things that Glenn Mazzara did. Yeah. Because, I mean, seriously, look at the governor in season three. That is not the governor I wanted to see. I think Scott Gimple fixed the, <laughs> he fixed yeah. the governor. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, this is the governor that I've wanted to see since they started, you know, the Walking Dead uh, TV universe. I mean... Speaking of the governor, I have a couple questions about the finale maybe you guys have some input on. Yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you think that the governor is, is dead? Because look, I know that the, that he was laying on the ground. He got the whole you know stabbed through the back trope from Michonne. Yeah, you know that's that's got to go too. Yeah, yeah. but Lily she shot him in the cut. fucking face, dude. But did she? We, yeah. we only saw the we no, we saw the gun come. We also saw walkers coming towards him when he was on the ground. So do you think maybe it could be like one of those fake outs where she yeah. actually saw the zombie? No, dude, no, 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 no. Uh, may, it might L- be. Lily, Lily in the comic, she's the one who actually killed him. And then in this one, you oh, well, act- if, uh, Yeah, I don't have any comic background. I was just saying it could, they could have pulled that trick. So like. you didn't actually see her do it. It was well, like kind of off, off what camera. What you did see was like a lot of this season has been like things like you, Scott Gimple doesn't show you everything. Like in that one episode where you met the woman, the Irish woman and her husband and Rick was going to ask her the questions. Oh, and yeah, she was and taking- you didn't actually. Yeah, you never saw like her husband's head in the bag. Scott Gimple didn't want to show you that. So um, in this episode, like you saw the you saw the governor, you know, shoot Megan, the little girl in the head. Okay, after she had been bitten. So it was implied that she did the same thing to the governor. You know, he and and that would be the. He had been that would be the right thing to do. Right. He had been stabbed by Michonne in the chest, so he was going to die. He was going to bleed out. So she shot him in the head just like he shot Megan in the head because she was going to turn. I mean, it was a fatal it was a fatal wound. It was that's, a Yeah. That's great. I just don't want him to, you know, like what you're talking about like you you were saying last week about how the Walking Dead spin-off would be more of a money grab than anything else, you know, and that would be a a money grab right there. It would be to try to pull a fake out on that. And then also I had another question about like what do you think is uh is with the um the the bloody baby seat is that did the baby somebody take the baby out of the seat and take her onto the bus yeah does the baby yeah, take yeah. it you know that's a good what's question. going on because there's that's a that's a huge open book I mean a lot was implied with the baby seat sitting there with do the you guys thing but yeah do you guys well, really think, okay so Judith do you guys really think that they would Show the empty baby seat with the blood on it and her actually be dead. I mean, do you think that they would actually show it with – you know what I mean? It's it's just like – I just can't believe that the baby's dead. I mean we knew that the, the girls were looking for the baby. Why, we knew that there why, were, have, why have her be a part of the story in any way if you would just – Kill her off like that. Well, I mean, we watched Carl cry over. Well, no, we watched Carl not really respond to Lori dying, his mother, his own mother. But we watched Carl finally break down and start bawling with Rick about Judith's death. That, that, which, that, which was an awesome. Which was an awesome moment because, like, we're seeing that, like, you know, you're even though you're, you know, being raised in the zombie apocalypse and you've got all this death around you, you are still not immune to it. Okay, and so now Carl is crying with his father because you guys remember uh, Rick's reaction to Lori's death 
And I mean, remember what Lori did to Rick, I mean, emotionally, and she destroyed his friendship with Shane. I mean, but we saw Rick on his hands and knees, bawling, just bawling. He loved this woman. She was the mother to his child, and we watched him, and it was very emotional. And, like, it it, it pulled at my heartstrings. And, I mean, now to watch – and then we got hardly any reaction out of Carl watching his own mother die, and he even shot his mother in the head before she turned. Or after she turned, I don't know. We weren't in that – you know, we didn't get to see that scene, but we know that he was the one who took her out. Now, we did watch him – react to you know judith possibly being dead and my mean that was that was an emotional scene i just i i like i said she, she was it was such a big part of the storyline the Lori being pregnant Lori actually giving birth i mean that was how she died to begin with yeah and them keeping her alive and having that be like a constant reminder throughout every episode somebody was always asking how judith was and where judith was and just to have that be the end result just seems like a little lackluster. Like it just seems like like not enough. You know what I mean? Right. Well, like why why include her in the story if that's going to be your big payoff? That's the that's the big finale for her is the bloody car seat. Like it doesn't make any sense. Well, here here's my thing with the bloody car seat. I don't know if you if you noticed it, but the the buckles were open. Yeah, I did notice that. I did notice so, that exactly. Yeah. I I, I don't think. I don't think a walker would have unbuckled the baby to eat the baby. <laughs> um, no, that, that's just yeah. You know, and I saw in, in a you know being a father and putting in kids in a car seats every damn day. I I know how hard those things are sometimes to open and close. So you know when I saw that, I just figured somebody was wounded and grabbed her because they couldn't grab the seat. You know, and that's what I was trying to figure out. I was trying to look at. I was trying to remember. I didn't rewatch it, but somebody who got injured, maybe somebody who took an arm, a shot to the it's arm. Amazing. There's like there's like ninety bodies around yeah. this thing. So. Yeah, like this <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be the first thing that we've not seen off camera. You know, I mean, we didn't get to see Karen. Yeah. We didn't get to see Karen and that other guy. You know, burned. We just know it happened. So this would not be like the first thing that we hadn't seen off camera. So I mean, but I, 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 I agree I with you, Alil. I'm totally one hundred percent behind you on this. But but you're right. I mean, if if they did go that route where the 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 baby had died, then basically all of that was for was to to keep Rick's story going and seeing him. I don't know. Go go further, either away from where you know where he wants to be mentally. Right. Right. And, now, and, yeah. You know, what does he have to care about now? And Carl, see, for but, that matter. But that's that's their big payoff. That's their big final moment when they finally meet Judith again. They finally realize, like right when they're about to be, yep. there is absolutely nothing left for them. They find her again, yep. somehow, and that's what brings them back. Does this kind you of know rem- what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. That, that has to be how it goes. I mean, it has to. Does this kind of remind you, uh, like, uh, at the end of season? Two, when everybody was kind of like separated from the farm, like like the bus drove off. Maggie didn't make it onto the bus with Glenn, so now they're separated. You know, Rick and Carl are together, but they're not with the rest of the group. You know, like Tyrese is with like Lizzie and the other girl. Like everybody's kind of separated right now. Yeah. Does it kind of remind you of like at the end of season two? We don't know like how everybody's going to reconvene. Yeah, and you don't know where. I mean, at this point, 
Carol is the best one off. Did you guys kind of keep thinking that, like, during this episode that somehow, like, there was another group involved and that this other group was going to come and start fighting against, like, Rick and the governor's group? Because, like, okay, we watched that governor um, – okay, we watched – that go- those two governor episodes, and I believe it was in the second governor episode we saw that another camp, um, there was another camp, and they they were going to you know, Mitch I think wanted to kill that other camp and take their supplies. Well, they didn't, and another camp came in there and killed them and took their supplies, and Mitch was kind yeah, of up- upset with never- Pete by that. It never really kind of resolved that. Yeah, you you're right. like, never really said who did that. Exactly. So. I thought like during like this battle that they were having, like there might be a third group that would be introduced, and it might have been like Carol's new group, and they would have taken out the governor's camp. You know, if like Carol was the Holy killer. Holy shit, dude! That that would be the greatest thing ever if Carol like ends up being like the the leader of this badass new group. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so awesome. And then you have Daryl being like, well, I don't want to be with you, Rick. Like, Carol's badass. Like, this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to roll with Carol. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, there's part of me that was thinking, like, we might see Carol again by the end of this episode. Like, maybe, I like Carol. I like her I, character. I, thought, I, I, I really thought we were. I thought she was going to come in at the end and kind of help save the day. Um, I'm glad I wasn't you know, the only one that thought some that. Of them out. I, I really – I really yeah. thought she was going to come in and, like, maybe she was just kind of just hanging out outside the camp, um, just kind of watching over things because of the girls, um, just making sure things were okay, you know. Right. I really thought she was. And she, back. I mean, and, and she still might. I mean, and, she, I, yeah, but, but like, you hear a tank, you know. I mean, if you hear a tank, you know, and you're around that area, you're going to want to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Def- oh, especially yeah. if you're Carol, she's going to be like, okay, you know, these are my people, they're in danger, those are my girls, you know, you know, and she, they're family. I mean, you don't after the zombie apocalypse happened, like you form new families, and that's well, maybe maybe that's Carol's introduction back into the next part of the season as she comes back and finds like the aftermath, and it's just like just fucking goes crazy, like like Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt crazy, like starts fucking hanging scalps on her waist <laughs> you know like just goes crazy looking for looking for her girls and stuff oh so like I mean, like like daryl did when he was like had his ear necklace in the second yeah. season <laughs> yeah yeah carol but oh dude badass carol oh man that'd be so awesome i still don't think carol was the one that killed him though i really don't but she has it in her that's the thing. Like you look at her and like even if she didn't do it, she could do it. I think that Carol thought I can't protect – I couldn't protect Sophia. Sophia died I, and she still blames herself for that. But she is not going to not protect Lizzie. She thinks if I can't protect Sophia, I am still going to protect Lizzie. Nothing is going to happen to her. That's what I think. I mean that's – yeah, that's that's a good thought. I mean, I I did not think that that it, that it would have been her, Lizzie, who who did those murders. Just because you know, I you know, you saw the the trail of blood, and that, that's the first thing I thought of. It had I, I I thought it would be somebody, some no name. I, I didn't think it would be Carol, right? But 
I mean, it makes sense. But you're I mean, a mother, and you've lost. You protect them. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you, it makes sense. Exactly. You're a mother. You've lost your child. Uh, she lost Sophia. Um, but watching somebody else that you know she's been taking care of, that she's considered her her new child in this apocalypse, do something that could put her in harm. She is going above and beyond and trying to protect that child so that nobody else does anything to her. She may have even told Lizzie, like, this is what's going to happen. If this does happen, you can't do anything like this again. You need to stop doing these things. But I think, like, when they showed Lizzie popping, you know, that chick in the head with the gun, that shows you what she's capable of, guys. That's foreshadowing to show us, like, she is capable of taking somebody out. Yeah. If she feels like she's in danger or the group's in in danger. Yeah, you know, when when all was said and done on that episode, the thing that, that, that I was thinking about the most at the end of it was what like what Carl and Rick are, are gonna do. Like like Rick has just been through some shit. Like his whole like in a matter of ten minutes, like his whole world just fucking changed. He he was gonna die. Like yeah. the phone saved him. He was gonna die. Yes. He, had his, he got his ass beat. Did that piss he was you off? Going to fucking die. Like I thought they were gonna kill him. I was like, dude, are you serious? Like you're just gonna kill him? Like like this is gonna be crazy. But then they did, like I said, that whole trope with the stabbing through the back. Right. But um, but but I mean, he's been humbled now, and he also ran up there looking for Carl, and just like while he was standing there looking all sad and, and ass beat. Carl's murdering zombies, you know, like like right. you know, kicking ass and taking names and doing what he's supposed to do. And now you're going to see it was almost like Carl was leading uh, Rick away. Yeah. When they were walking away from the prison. So, you know, you're going to see like are they, we're going to see like a little bit of a role reversal there because Rick's done now. Like he's lost everything. He just thinks he lost his baby and he just got his ass whooped. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Rick I did mean, get his ass handed just, to him. That, that, that pissed me off too. That really pissed me off. Like, you know, and even Kirkman in the, uh, Talking Dead said that if that would have gone on longer and there would have been no Michonne, no Michonne, like Rick would have died. Like the governor would have killed him. Yeah. And yeah. Like, and that's, like, I don't, that I don't understand how. Like, I mean, the governor seems to be a bigger dude, but I, I just, I don't know. No, I just thought just, Rick no. took a Rick took a pounding that I, I wasn't expecting. Rick had more in that fight. Rick had a lot more in that fight. Rick was defending something that the governor was just trying to take. And Rick had more. He had more to lose. He had more to fight for. And yeah. the gov- you know, he, he should have won that. I mean, it, it, it was kind of a cheap cop-out. I was just waiting for something to happen. I, I, even if it was, I think if it was, even if it was Carl... Like if Carl came and saved the day at the end, that's what I was hoping for. I even said it. I'm like, oh, here comes Carl. But you yeah, know, but that would have been that would have been too much. Like uh, you know, the end of season two when Carl like you know popped Shane in the head after he turned into yeah. a zombie. Yeah, it could have been a callback, but I just yeah. I I wasn't satisfied with the Michonne ending because it was just like, well, like, that's I mean, all you did. I mean, you just gave him a quick stab, and then like I'm gonna uh, walk away and pout again. Like, it was ah, weird. I was hoping, honestly, guys, I was hoping like, okay, in the comic book, you know, um, if you read the comic book spoilers, Michonne was raped by the governor in the comic book. Okay, so. That, oh, she would have done a lot more damage than that. It would have been more, yeah. It would have been more satisfying if that actually happened in the 
in the show, which I'm glad it didn't. I didn't want to see that scene, but the character. <laughs> you just said it would be. Well, see, <laughs> it, no, it would like seriously. Like if Michonne, okay, if Michonne had been raped in the in in the show, and her killing the governor, that would have been more satisfying. It would have, but I'm glad. Thank God they didn't introduce that. You know that into the into the show. They did kind of allude to it though when Maggie was like. You know, kind of like uh, when he did, like you know, touch Maggie and have her strip down and take off her clothes. So maybe it would have been even more satisfying if Maggie was the one that would have got the final, you know, kill. Yeah. In this episode, I yeah, know this, but I think this it was. Does I don't know. I mean, it, it, it followed it followed the book with Lily doing it, and it, it kind of. I don't know. I don't know if it was a payback, or you know, because of how brutal he was to her daughter. You know, right when she got, you know, we knew what was going to happen, and she knew what was going to happen. But he just pulled out the gun, cold blooded, and shot her in the head. And I, I think it was just, you know, I, I think Kirkman said it in the Talking Dead that that you know everyone who needed to get a piece of the governor got their piece. Um, but I, I, what yeah. I was hoping was that Michonne, after she stabbed him, would have then flipped it around and decapitated him like he did to Herschel. I, I still couldn't believe he decapitated Herschel, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we didn't even talk about that. that yeah, was, I know. He basically, I mean, he cut the dude's head off. He slid his, you know, basically his throat open into the side of his neck. Yeah, that was kind of he a was, crazy moment of comedy in the middle of all that. <laughs> that chick yeah, was just was like, gonna die. she cut that dude's head off with a sword. I mean, like, what are the people thinking that are following the governor at this point? I mean, they're watching him cut off this guy's head. I mean, how can you follow somebody that's psycho? Like, yeah. and especially and, and, Mitch, and, 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 Mitch, and, and, Mitch, the dude behind the tank, the yeah. governor fucking killed his brother. Good for Daryl for putting an arrow through his ass. Yeah. No hesitation. Fuck Mitch. Yeah. Dude, I'm sitting and, there watching this show last night, dude, and I'm like talking. Like I can tell like when an episode's really good, I'm actually talking to myself. Like when he – like when Daryl went all badass and shit and he started like, <laughs> you know, uh, he took like the arrow – like his uh, crossbow and he's like killing motherfuckers and then he takes like the, um, the grenade and puts it into the uh, tank into the turret yeah, that was fucking and then awesome. mitch crawls out and then he like looks at mitch and then like pops him with an arrow i was like take that mitch you little bitch i said that out loud and i'm just like dude that's when i know like i'm in, <laughs> i'm into a show <laughs> because I, no, I literally said that out loud when i'm watching this i really thought before before herschel before herschel's death because for some odd reason i thought and that's why i thought Carol was going to come back somewhere in that area, right? You know, to to stop it, to do something. I really thought that the big death was going to be Daryl. No, yeah, because no, they, no, they no. had that they had that little tease there for a minute, like the zombie came up right up behind him, and then it, the camera quick cut to something else. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then next thing you saw was the uh, the the zombie shield, and that was all good because uh, I mean you 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 can't do that. You yeah. can't do. You cannot kill Daryl off. You, yeah. you, you want to lose. You want to lose half of your audience. Do that. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Seen, so, seen Chicago it was insane for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, well, he's he's he is by far. I mean, I, I gotta say, he's my favorite character in the show. 
I mean, he 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 covers all the bases. I mean, he's the you know he calls a baby little ass kicker. He was one of the first people to hold her, you know. And when she was born, he was like the one to lead the convoy to go get. He was the only person that didn't stop looking for Sophia. I mean, he's got this side to him. Women that- love. Daryl Dixon. Women love Norman Reedus. I mean, he's got a group called Dixon's Vixens. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy, I mean, if they killed off Norman Reedus, Daryl Dixon in this, um, you know. Oh, wait. The, the best scene with him was when, uh, when he was about to throw that bottle. Remember with uh, and, and Bob was like, uh, was like, don't. He reached for his, yeah. he his gun and he just Remember he went and got he just like started headbutting them and just yes. hit Hong's face. Yes. Was just like holy yes. shit. Like, that is like a one dog asserting dominance over Yeah, dude, that's like alpha. That's like, like yeah, that's like holy fucking shit. Yeah, dude. That's like primal <laughs> shit, dude. That's like yeah, um I, I saw that and I was like, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause that's all character stuff. Like you know that that wasn't I mean, maybe that was put in the script, but that just seemed like all Norman Reedus. Like that yeah. is his character. That's what dude. he would do. When he went all fucking like in this last episode, the mid-season finale, when he went all fucking like Matrix and shit and started killing zombies and killing people at the same time and throwing fucking like, you know, grenades and turrets, tanks and shit. That was amazing. I was like, holy shit. See, shouldn't he be the Punisher? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He was amazing. I mean, it's, like, it's, yeah, he's it's, out there it's, just it's, destroying it's, everyone, and I, I agree. I mean, he... But he's got that soft side. Like, he's got this side. Like, if yeah. you cross him, he will destroy you, but he will also stand in front of a baby to, to no end. You know what I mean? Like, I hope, he will not... He, I, hope, it's I hope Bob redeems himself, and then we can see Daryl kind of, like, take him under his wing and be like, yeah. I hope so. He's their only doctor now. He's their only person that knows what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. Yeah, they lost they Herschel. Herschel. They've, They've lost, lost Herschel. They only got Bob now. The alcoholic who just got shot in the arm. So let's see where that goes. Right. Man, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this season. Hey, did you guys know? I'm going to bring this up real quick, and I want our listeners to check this out too. Um, if you go to IMDb, you can actually read the synopsis for season five, episode one, right now. Really? Yes. Yes. I'm not going to read it on this episode because it's spoilers. But if you go to imdb.com, I went to imdb.com on my iPhone, and um, you can click on each season on each episode, and it gives you a synopsis. You can actually go to season five and read the synopsis for episode one right now. I better say Carol's in that shit. Oh, fuck. So uh, definitely check that out if you, if you do want to, like, look into the future of The Walking Dead. Because we've got eight more episodes left. But uh, they have the synopsis for season five on imdb.com right now. So check that out if you really want That's to. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got to give this uh, these last, like, starting from that Herschel Spotlight episode on, you know, through the – through the governor episodes, I have to give it a Tupperware. Um, so overall, the overall vote for your season so ov- far? Overall, stick with it. It's got, it's a Tupperware in the end. Um, it starts off really clunky, like I said, but towards the end, 
absolutely fantastic. And what I want to do right now is I, I did ask our listeners, you know, what they thought of the Walking Dead midseason finale. I told them to leave their thoughts on our Facebook page. And uh, I would like to read some of these um, right now uh, on the podcast. Uh, Aaron Menefee says, one of the best episodes since the first season. Let's face it. Carol's daughters blasting those soldiers with those handguns was just adorable. I just can't say enough about how much I loved this episode. Can't wait for the Daryl Beth team up episode after they headed out together. LOL. Um, I love that he says it's adorable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that too. Um, Amy Foster. Because it, because it kind of was because she looked at Tyrese like, I did a good job, right? Well, like I, that's what I was supposed to do, right? Exactly. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing laying behind those pots? And how did those block bullets? Oh, Get up. What are we doing? You're talking <laughs> about you're talking about Lizzie. Oh, that's right. I'm talking about Lizzie. Yeah, yeah Beth is uh, Maggie's sister, the younger blonde that Carl used to have the crush on. Okay. Which yes, which yes. they have not shown Carl and Beth in a scene together this whole season. Have you guys noticed that? Wow, you know, I didn't even right. think about that. Right. right. Well, yeah, like, I mean... They totally dropped that one. Yeah, like, like they've shown, like, um, Beth and her new boyfriend, Zach, like, that first episode before he died, but they have not shown Carl with Beth. Something's up there. You know, we need to see those two together. I want to get a feel on... Because we know Carl had feelings for her, and, you know, Beth kind of, like... I think she kind of liked that Carl had a crush on her. She knew it. So I want to see them kind of – I want to see those two in a scene together and I hope they do that in the second half of the Walking Dead season. Um, Amy Fosdick, she says, I'm sad but it was an amazing episode. And yes, Carol's daughter blasting those guys, awesome. So I think she's sad, of course, like we all are sad that you know Scott Wilson will no longer be part of the cast playing Herschel. Um, yeah, I mean – how did you guys think about that scene? I mean, once it happened, like me personally, real quick, I just wanted to say like Scott Gimple did not even give you time to react. It happened and then the prison battle happened. So like I'm like tearing up that one of my favorite characters just died, but I'm thrown right into the battle. I don't even have time to react. It's like real life. Here's what I thought. I thought that that the reaction from Rick was absolutely believable. I mean, as soon as that happened, he just lost his shit. He pulled out his gun, just started yelling and firing shots. I mean, it was just, it was on. There was no hesitation. There was no scream to the heavens moment. There was no set. He just pulled out his gun and started to go. Yeah. It was just like, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what anybody would have done, you know? So a crazy yeah, I, and then to see him crawling a little bit later like he was crawling away he was still alive and you're like holy crap and then the governor comes back for round two. Oh no shit that was fucked up dude yeah, yeah because cause like because he was still alive he that was first still alive hit did not yeah take him out. did he you was guys crawling away did you yeah, guys that's, think that's that where he chopped the, the head clear off I mean, yes. that's, that's what I couldn't believe yeah but it took like it that. took like four swings yeah like, did yeah, you guys think like yeah, yeah did you guys think like like Michonne was gonna make it to him first and like say goodbye to him that's I thought, well, I, I thought I, Michonne's sword was sharper than that <laughs> that's, I mean the way she's been using it, it shouldn't have taken that long, but yeah. But there was like a scene where like, you know, like after he got his like neck kind of like cut off like halfway, like I thought like Michonne was going to like make her way over to him and say. Yeah, because they were both kind of going between yes. the cars at the same time. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then, yeah, you're right. Like, as soon as it showed her kneel down and try and get the rope off of her hands by the license plate, that was just it for her until she came back and gave the governor his due. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aaron Menifee says, Also, I'm glad to miss Spaghetti Tuesdays on Wednesdays, but I'm pretty sure that's how everyone feels. So, um, Stephanie Kirker Fair says, uh, Glad Jim Jones is dead, but I don't think I could just be satisfied with an empty car carrier and think my child has been eaten by zombies. Come on, do you really think they can work the straps? Look for your baby and the other baby kids. Wow, so, look at that, a little. She was right on par exactly. with you. Exactly. She knew right what you were talking I'm about. I'm telling you, so, somebody grabbed the baby who who got injured. I mean, that's it. I mean, I think, didn't Daryl take a shot to the arm? So that's how you know that Rick's not a real father. He would have been like, oh no, the straps are done. She's cool. It's good. Let's get out of no. here. Yeah, a little. <laughs> you're, you're, that. I, it's emotional, man. Everything just went to hell for him. I can, I can see why you would think that. You're in the apocalypse. I mean, this right. is, you know, ended, you know, this is, you know, zombies are everywhere. You don't know what you're thinking. I mean, uh, you know, you could have thought the worst. You know, I, if I was in that scenario, I'm sure I would have thought the same. I wouldn't have looked at the straps because I'm watching it from, you know, the TV. I can see the straps. I mean, that's, you know, I, I'm with him, but but I, I agree with her. I mean, I think, uh, you know, You're I right. think that's what their story arc is going to be next. I don't know if he thinks that she's dead. I think he just, maybe he was just reacting that she was gone and they don't know where she is. And maybe that's where they're story arc is this coming season it's, the, them look it's the fear that she is dead well yeah, yeah, I'm sure that that but or that she's somewhere that they're never going to find her again yeah that's because true you don't, know, you don't know what where that bus was going if she was on that bus or if she's with Daryl and the other group or the girls and, and Ty, I mean you just don't know where where she's at you don't know if you'll ever find anybody you know in your group again if yeah, I had exactly. to guess Go ahead. That, the, all those kids were headed for that bus. There was like four or five kids headed for that bus. And then the Lizzie girl and her sister were the only two that hung back. That was the only two we saw later on. So all those other kids still made it to the bus. And maybe they just took the kid out of the seat and went onto the bus. So Now, Aaron Menifee, he says, I'm torn on the baby thing. I feel like she could still be alive. But then again, covering the car carrier in blood might be the only way to tastefully kill a baby off in this show, which makes sense. But like a little, I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling what you said. Like somebody who was injured bled on that, um, you know, baby carrier and getting the baby out. Exactly. Rescuing the baby. And that's, that's what happened. I mean, you know, they might've been in a panic and like trying to get like the buckles off. And in the meantime, they're bleeding on the baby. Well, not to get too graphic with it, but there was nothing there but blood. There was no true. There true. was no leftovers. There was no nothing. Like usually, <laughs> yeah. If 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 a uh, if a uh, no, you're totally right. Leftovers, no pun intended. Now, exactly. If, that's what I was laughing. At. Yeah. If if they if it was a walker, there would have been. Um, yeah, we figured it out. If it was a walker and the baby strapped in, which it, the baby would have been strapped in. The walker wouldn't have taken him out. The walker would have just eaten the baby inside the inside the carrier. God, I can't believe I'm talking about somebody eating a baby. This is <laughs> fucked up. This is fucked up, Walking Dead. Fuck you for making me say that. This is fucked up. Like earlier I'm talking about characters uh, you know, 
I don't know. It's just fucked up. Fuck you, Walking Dead, for making me say shit like this, like babies being eaten. I can't believe I'm talking about babies being eaten. Fuck you, Walking Dead. But anyway. you're going to tune in. I mean, they're going to tell you and you're going to be there. I don't know. I just don't – I don't like – there's certain things I don't like talking about. I don't like, ta- I don't like talking about characters being raped and I don't like talking about babies being eaten. If I'm, if I'm fucking a horrible person for saying that, whatever. But I don't like talking about it. It's just disturbing. So – Michael Cornish says, I really enjoyed Herschel on the show and I am upset he is gone. Someone from the original prison crew had to die though, so I'm okay, so I'm okay with it overall. As for Judith, I am sure she's alive. It is necessary for Rick's sanity to have his family alive. Don't think that they want mm-hmm. to go down the psycho Rick path again. That makes perfect sense. We've seen that already. Yeah, like I said, yeah. he's, they're going to get to the very bottom, and then she's going to come back into the picture, and that's going to be the thing that pulls him right back in. Yes. To believing that there's something more left to, to, to live for in this world. I'm telling you guys, yeah. we have some really smart and savvy listeners. Um, CC Chandler says, I'm shocked, sad, and completely freaked out. Seriously, I feel I fear for a little girl who puts a bullet point blank in someone's head. Carol 2.0. Well, we kind of talked about this. We, yeah, I, yeah. I think we're kind of split, or maybe not one hundred percent sold that Carol is the actual killer. That you know, like maybe that Lizzie learned this from Carol. This might just be who Lizzie is, unfortunately. Yeah, she might be well, damaged. Well, she might be broken. But you know what? Like she, she's probably better off for it, though. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, that's the world you live in, and she's going to be a survivor. Yeah. So that's true. Oh well, yeah, she, um, she seems to have flipped the switch. I mean, you just saw her. You know, we've got to be strong. We've got to be this. I mean, her whole demeanor flipped in two episodes. Well, yeah, that. that's the thing. Like we talked about that. Well, they talked about in that one episode. Like uh, Carol said, she's weak and blah blah blah. And the other girl said, like, no, she's not weak. What did she say? She said something she's like, like she's different. She's different. Like yeah. Um, and I think that. She's one hundred percent right. I th- I th- I don't think she's weak at all. I think she just she is a product of her environment. And there you go. They're 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 giving you the hit girl for this. For yeah. This, for this uh, this show, it's they're trying to get to a new demographic. Uh, Jeff LeBaron, dude, I love Jeff LeBaron. I love his sense of humor. I'm glad he's still listening to the show. Jeff LeBaron says. Now that's a finale. I don't follow the comics regularly, but this was one story chapter I was familiar with, and it was really cool to see how much they pulled from the comic without doing it verbatim. It was horrible seeing Herschel die by one-eyed Bry's hand, but he's already survived a lot longer than I expected him to, and after his Spotlight episode a few weeks back, I was kind of expecting him to make an accent, which we kind of talked about that earlier too, and I 100% agree. He says, but holy shit, fucking Lizzie to the rescue? I still think she's the one who really killed Karen and David. Mm-hmm. She's almost certainly the one feeding the rats to the walkers. Now, the only reason – okay, this is me talking again. Like The only reason I think that she might not be the one who fed the rats to the walkers is because of the the height difference it looked like. Unless she was like on a – I mean unless she was on like a – a ladder or something like that. It looked like that the walkers were being fed from, from up, from from up higher, like from like where an adult would stand. Do you guys agree or disagree? 
I don't remember um, any shots of like I just remember the, uh, the the carcasses on the ground. I don't remember. I remember them being fed, but I don't remember it being at a high angle like it, what you're talking about. It looked so. like it was from a higher angle to me. I might have to watch those again. Uh, yeah, but he, she, could, she could she could reach up. I don't yeah, think it she's was that. she's a she's a she's not a baby. She's, true. Yeah, <laughs> she's true. like ten. She could reach her arm up and yeah, feed one of those guys right in the face. Maybe I'm looking at it too. Yeah. Uh, Jeff goes on to say, but any show that has the balls to throw a gun in a 12-year-old's hands and take out a hot lesbian among a zombie-laden battlefield, well, I've got to salute that shit. I love And that's another thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, I love were, Jeff, were, dude. Jeff is fucking awesome. They were two people that Lizzie took out. She did not take out zombies. She came in and just took two people out, like right. nothing. Right, And, so like, one was, of the characters, totally like... totally different. Yeah, like, one of the characters I thought was like, going to be a major player. I thought, like... You know the the chick that he took out the uh, the chick that was forming a relationship with the the uh, other lesbian that we were introduced to. Um, I thought that like they might be bigger players in the Walking Dead universe TV show. I didn't know that she was going to be killed in this episode. That that talked me that took me off guard. Well, I think it's smart for shows to do stuff like that because it, it, it does keep you off guard. You never know really who to get connected to in this show. Right. And, you know, that's, you know, you were talking about how you were watching Game of Thrones. It's the same thing in that show. It's, it's, you never really know who to get connected to. And I think that's really smart. I mean, you can, because everything's at stake at any minute, anybody can die. I mean, we right. lost Herschel. It's kind of like, huge it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like pop culture leftovers. Like, you might not be on the show next week, Steve. You might be fucking gone. What an asshole. <laughs> like, you know? Like, a little, a little. Like, it's like I'm a fucking punching bag over here. <laughs> Did you have a bad fucking day today or something? What? Oh, yeah. Did you step and dog shit on the way home from work today? What happened to you? Did you fucking blow out on the freeway? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Scott, all night with this. Oh, you you just sealed your destiny, motherfucker. That's what just happened. <laughs> maybe I won't be back next week. <laughs> or maybe he will be back. Oh, a little. Don't get me started on you, buddy. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what I, uh, one thing I do want to say was that what I was really impressed with was that they used a lot of practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the one thing that bothered me about this, this show overall is, is the CGI blood whenever they're killing zombies. And it's just, sometimes I watch it, it looks so fake, but I think yeah. this, especially this finale, I mean, because there was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of explosions with the tank and all that kind of stuff. And for them to, 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 to do practicals, I think it just, it, made it seem more real like this whole thing was was going down and these people people were dying and i just i just love that what happened to corn syrup and red and red dye you know what i mean come on yeah that's cheap it's probably cheaper than having the you know somebody digified i mean i i just can't you know i mean you have the makeup you're having these zombies you know you know dressed up they're not cgi people i mean so i i just that was the one thing i always hated i mean i understand with you know, Michonne, you know, slicing people up. You can't, you know, you can't yeah. do all that. But I mean, there was so many scenes where, you know, early on, and it's early on this season, early on in the show where, you know, you see the splatter and it's just so terrible. And yeah, just, it was. I, okay. Well, I'm going to give it that because it's TV and I'm sure they got a crappy budget, but 
you know, I, I just do. I just wanted to, you know, put a shout out to that. That you know, using practicals for this ending just made it made it that much better. Um, Craig Clifton says, um, "No, oh, wait, 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 wait." Yeah, yeah. Craig Clifton says, uh, "Number one, Rick is a pussy." Uh, that's whooped. Yeah. yeah. Number two, stupid idiots following the governor. I agree there. Yeah. Uh, number what are you three. Guys doing? Number three, evil girl is a hero. So he's talking about Lizzie. Number four, Tyree still can't shoot. <laughs> no shit. Number five, everyone's an expert at shooting zombies, but when it comes to shooting people, everyone's a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Craig Clifton fucking knocking it out of the park. Number six, any group going against the main group is a red shirt. So he's talking about Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting tired of Walking Dead, starting to lose fans. I mean, yeah, I mean, th- that's the problem with this show, though. It's like, you know, like all these characters that you form bonds with, you know, like they're not going to kill them off. You know, they've got to kill off one character. They had to kill off Herschel. Which is like they had to do that because it's the big prison battle, which I don't like. That's the one thing I don't like about Walking Dead. It's like because like the Walking Dead came out with their issue 100 comic book, they had to have a death because it's the issue 100. That's what I don't like. You know, just because it's like a monumental episode or a monumental issue doesn't mean you have to have a death. No, but I mean I think all the deaths that happened in this season were well earned and I mean it's just – or I mean in this episode anyways. So Yeah, but he is right though. I mean think about it. You know, most of the people that were in the main group um survived. I mean, we lost Herschel, but like everybody in the governor's group was a red shirt. We never yeah, got to I, know I, half I, of exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah, I think that all the people that died in our group besides Herschel Yeah. was was nobody. But that's I mean, the problem like, when you have a show fillers. that deals with character vid- development. If you keep killing them off every episode, you have no character development, and that's the problem. Yeah. Um, Eric Wade says, I was much happier with this season than you guys have been. I think the show's pacing slows a little bit at times, but still like what they do. The episode was no, this episode was no exception. For 45 minutes, it felt like that roller coaster kept climbing and climbing, and you were just waiting to hit the apex and go screaming down the other side. Tupperware the episode all the way. I'm not going to disagree, Eric. I think this episode, I think the series has gotten more of a Tupperware towards the latter half of this first, you know, mid part of the season. Uh, I think it just started off really clunky at the beginning. Um, uh, Maritas Mooring Claiborne says, having read the comics, I knew it was coming. How Rick allowed himself to be bested by the governor in a stand up fight is beyond me. And I totally agree with that. Governor's death was too easy. Should have been zombie chow. Would you guys have liked that if, like, the zumber, if the governor got eaten by a zombie instead of just like, okay, we've got Rick fighting him, getting a few punches in, then we got you know Michonne with a stab through the chest, which was like a fatal blow, and then you've got Lily in there to finish him off with a headshot. Would you guys have been more happy if the if the zombies would have gotten a hold of him? I think so. I think I would have been. I mean, it is a zombie show after all. I mean, at the core of it. So you mean you, know, you mean I, after Lily shot him in the head? No, I mean before. Maybe Lily doesn't. Well, even Lily, shoot him in the head. Lily shoots him in the head, and then he doesn't even turn into a zombie. I, I, I think it would have been. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think I he should have been return. alive up until the zombies come and they eat him. I don't want to see zombie governor, but I, I think that the zombies taking him out and you know dismembering him would have been a more satisfying 
and but it was a statement you, you you can't disagree that it was a statement i mean when we saw like the the governor shoot megan who was like you know the new penny when he shot her in the head when lily shot him in the head it was kind of like a statement it was i just just personally just just uh, my own opinion i think okay. it would have been a cooler a yeah. cooler ending i can accept that i mean i wouldn't have been opposed to seeing a bunch of zombies eating the shit out of him fitting end i mean yeah. just laying there getting ripped apart i mean that would be pretty cool what do you think a little i i think i think that I, I wanted Michonne to decapitate him. I'm not gonna. I'm, you know, I wanted payback for Herschel. <laughs> I mean, that, that's where I was at. But I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I didn't need the zombies to eat him. I mean, I understand it's a zombie movie, but or a movie, a show. But they're not a major player. I mean, this is this this battle was more human versus human. They were in the background. They were just there cleaning up and you know making obstacles for some of the other people. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was it was a fitting end because it, it just like he shot, you know, her, Megan. her daughter, Megan, yeah, yeah. Me- Megan, without without any, you know, without anything. I mean, not even like, you know, and that's why I was that's when I was shocked with it because you know, like he hugged her before he left, you know, to 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 you know have the raid yeah. on, the, on the on the prison. He was hugging yeah. her like. Like this is his new life, and he's doing it for them. And I don't know if it was a show, if he really felt that. You know, it, it was just you know I was getting mixed emotions with that. And for him just to be able to put that bullet in, grab her, put the bullet in, and that's it, and end it. I think it was it was fitting end that that she did it that way. I think it proved. Inside, call it a day. I think it proved more that he is not who he used to be. He is not the family man. He is the governor. Yeah, he and didn't change. His, his he whole didn't arc change. this season yep. has been that he is a different person. He's changed. At the, and his and ultimate goal. At the very end that he has not changed at all. Yes, his ultimate yeah. goal was that prison. He didn't even care about Megan at that point. His ultimate goal was the prison. And I, and I thought that when when he when he cut Herschel. Because, th- you know, you, you saw he was looking and basically to me – Rick's speech, I mean, with them being able to live there together and, you know, everyone starts with a clean slate, him taking that swing right there told me that, you know, he knew he there's no clean slate for him. He knew that this was, this this whole family thing, this was all just, he was just doing it for himself for for whatever reason. I, yeah. I mean, right. and I, and I, and that, that bullet to the, to the head was, I mean, it was fitting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see both sides. I, I agree with you a little, and then I also agree with you, Steve, that, you know, I would have been just as satisfied to see some walkers get a hold of him, too. I mean, honestly, yeah. it could have gone either way, and I would have been satisfied as long as that motherfucker ended up dead. Um, yeah, what you need to. I mean, I, yeah, I, <laughs> it's just funny, you know, I mean, those those two episodes, the, his episodes were were so good. And yet, I hated him so much. Even watching him trying to redeem himself, I was just like, "God, I can't wait for this man to die. He needs to get his comeuppance." You know, and yeah. that's what I love about it. But see, the I thing is, like, it's like he's such a great character. Like, okay, the character is great, but not only is the character great, but the actor David Morrissey is fantastic. Just like oh, yeah. they they kept Shane around because John Bernthal is such a great actor. It's like you kill these guys off. 
and then you've lost another wonderful cast member. Like they're ca- they're characters that you love to hate because you know the actor behind that character is so fantastic. And so uh, you know I'm gonna miss seeing the governor, but uh, it'll be interesting to see you know what uh, what route they take. Uh, the yeah, characters where in. where are they gonna go next? What if this is their mid season? Right. Big bad. I mean, where are they going to go with the season finale? Can they follow it up? Can they can they one up where they're well, already at? Because this was a very pretty strong, pretty strong episode. We've got to find a new home. The prison the prison is gone. So um, James Foster says uh, overall, I liked it, but there were some major problems with the story. I thought the baby carrier was a bit pointless. It's obvious that she's alive. The only value that the carrier scene provided was to demonstrate that Carl isn't an emotionless machine. And I think they could have done that differently. I didn't think why the governor's crew rolled in with the tank. I didn't get why the governor's crew rolled in with the tank. Once they did that, the prison became worthless. So they threw away their lives so that the threat wouldn't have been empty. Gun-toting kids were adorable, though. Sad to see Herschel go. But for the purposes of the story, he makes the most sense to hit the dead, to, to hit the dead list. Um, yeah, I, I, I can agree with a lot of that. And I think we've, we've talked about a lot of that too. Um, yeah. And, and back to him saying about the, the prison, I thought that too, because Rick made the perfect point. You roll in here with your guns in this tank. Yeah. This prison's worthless. Yeah. Didn't anybody listen to that? I mean, right. that, like when they started blowing holes in everything, I was like, these people are stupid. It's just like, take the prison, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do with it? Maybe, maybe that would have been a more satisfying ending would be that nobody would follow the governor. Everybody would just lay down like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, that, would have been, that would have been a good ending too. You Mutiny. know, honestly, these people were sheep. The people that followed the governor were sheep. They would have ended up dying anyway. I mean, you're following bad leadership. Um, they would have died anyway. I mean, if they were following the governor. So... Um, I don't know. I just I, I do agree with Craig Clifton though. Rick was a big pussy in this episode. I did not want to see him be taken out like by the governor. And and now yeah, I get it. If you lose a fight, that's one thing. But oof. yeah, this oof. is like this is like Rocky going up against Apollo Creed and getting his ass handed to him in the first film. Yeah, it was it was bad. You know, it's like we finally had the showdown between the two, and like Rick got his ass handed to him. You know, I don't know. I didn't, didn't he get didn't he get shot twice. Didn't he? He, did, he got shot in the leg, but the governor got shot in the arm, too. They were both wounded. They yeah, and the governor's, the governor's got one there. fucking eye. He's a cyclops. I mean, yeah, he's already – yeah, Rick's already winning. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, dude. Hit him, in, hit him in the eye. You don't you even have a – yeah, you don't even have 180 degrees to view. I mean just like get off to his like right side. He can't even see Yeah, him. just run in a circle around him to, to his right. He's fucked. Yeah, just rabbit punch him in the other side of his head. He can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just didn't care. I didn't care for the fact that Rich got look. He, he Rick made he he got he looked like a bitch in that fight, and that, I didn't like that, dude. Like you know, like you want Rick to be your hero. You want he, him to be the guy that stepped up, and and uh, you know, it's like uh, at least Daryl looked like the man in this, but you know, Rick is the guy that you want to see him take out the governor, and that just didn't happen, unfortunately. Yep. Well, I think we can all agree that we were disappointed on that end. Yeah. So. Um, guys, I've had a lot of fun this episode. I didn't know if you guys wanted to say anything else to wrap up The Walking Dead, but I think we've gone on for quite a while. Did anybody have any you know, you know, know, final thoughts? 
I'm good. I think we've touched base on pretty much everything. I'm really excited. Can't wait for February. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a great last uh, half of a season and um, check it out. You know. Yeah. And hey, maybe we'll see Steve next week. Maybe we won't. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, just, maybe yeah. fuck you. <laughs> dude, we'll oh, see you. Dude, we'll see you next week. Steve, you kick ass, dude. And Alil, thank you so much. Um, Seriously, you guys have really stepped up, and I I really appreciate you guys being on the show, you know, the last couple weeks. So thank you so much for being a part of this. You guys are awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks. Glad to do it. All right. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Uh, And and I swear to you, next week we're going to have a winner for our contest. So, um, you know, listen next week. Guys, next week, what are we doing? Is there anything big going on next week, or are we just going to do some new news and things like that? I think there's a lot of news. I don't think there's any uh, real um, – nothing really uh, coming out. Yeah. So. We got two weeks before uh, before um, The Hobbit. Yeah, so, we got I mean, The Hobbit. Yeah, I think that's the next big thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. So stick around. Pop Culture Leftovers are going to do a Hobbit episode, but next week we'll be doing some news. Maybe some big news will break out, and we'll be able to, we'll be able to uh, go over that with you. But until next week, I'm Brian. I'm Steve. And I'm a little. And uh, I'm a leftover. Maybe these guys will be. We'll see. Next week. Uh. <laughs> All right. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. Like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy, like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. 